Recorded live. One, two, one, two. We on? Look like I'm here dolo for the Milner. Guard to grow boxing. Cold train. Is this safe to say? I think it is. We're here. We're here. We're finally here. The week of Mayweather Pacquiao. Damn, it don't even seem real, man. Every time I say those words off the tip of my tongue, what's going it on? It seems like a on? dream. It was all a dream. Doc. I used to bring word up next <laughs> Yo, it, this is crazy. Who's in the building? Roll call, roll call. Coltrane is here. Do I hear Do I hear my man Coltrane? Let the horns blow like Coltrane. That be him. That be me, man. Do I hear my man Roberto Flack? The soulfulest cat in boxing. I, guess I don't think Roberta's not think in the he, building yet. He ain't in the building yet. He'll be on shortly. Do I have a man ride or die? Do I have a man ride or die? Full, full throttle ride or die in the building? R.O.D. ain't get here yet either. Just me. I think it's just me and you right now. Okay, the the, the Game of Thrones cat. So this is basically the, the Game King of Thrones. Right. The King of the West. The King of the West. The North, the North will remember. What's up? Is that R.O.D.? Yes, sir. What's up, R.O.D.? You, you, out you? you out here full throttle tonight, brother? I'm, 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 I'm ready. Okay, okay. Uh, this is, this is for those of you out here, I don't know if my brother Coltrane, I need to show. This is Gorgeous Bro Boxing, the liveest fan base show on the internet. We keep it real. We keep it 100, and we pull no punches. But most importantly, this is for the fans. So, we have a great fight for y'all this weekend. I mean, this is a fight for everybody. It's for all of us. But we have a great show for y'all tonight. And this is where we unveil the – this is, it has been this has been like an epic build-up to this, this whole countdown of uh, second of Mayo. You know, this is this is for all the marbles, lose the least count. So we've been uh, counting down the last few weeks. We've been having some very interesting discussions talking about uh, the particulars of this fight, you know, the, the the intangibles and the metrics and all the different information that we compile, all this data so that we can all arrive at, at some scientific academic decisions as to what our choices are. So we have a very interesting show. And I know, as you all know historically, GYGB has, has been one to uh, never pull any punches. And, and you know, we, we, we put on some great shows particularly because the members are very passionate. Would you, would you guys say that? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, and I, um, and I, I was going to say that that's what separates us from a lot of these uh, people who cover the sport is that we're fans first. So, you know, we have uh, – we're going we're gonna to get on – we're going to get into into that in a, in a, in a few, but um, you you want to let so you want you want to wait until some of the guys get on here before we start uh, well, getting into the rest of the show. Well, we can recap last Saturday night's card okay. while we, you know while we wait. You know, I know so, that that was you know. So so let's get let's get right into that. So HBO had a card this weekend, and it took place at what used to be known as the Mecca of Boxing before Las Las Vegas displaced New York City as the the place where all all uh, historical boxing events uh, were held at. So we had uh, we had two interesting cards. We had two two great fights. 
We had the first fight was Saddam Ali versus Francisco Santana, the rounder. It was for a WBA international uh, Walter Wink scrap. Uh, it was a little fanfare. You know, Saddam Ali did his thing. It was uh, 100, 100 to 90 on one card, 97, 93 on two cards. Do you guys have any thoughts on Saddam Ali at, at all? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, just, uh, just Roberto Flack here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've i been praising Saddam Ali, like, for a little bit of a minute now, man. I mean, just the thing I liked about that fight and really his performance was – uh, how 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 this dude uh what was his uh Francisco um what was his last name Santana Santana yeah, yeah. um I I mean when you look at the when you look at the style that he brought I mean he was busy the entire night man and 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 I think we saw a little bit uh, of a you know some I don't want to say obviously differences but we seen some you know tricks in the bag and and kind of uh. It, it, kind of in a way where, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to Train about this. Uh, as far as how these fighters are being brought up, like some of the newer fighters, like I think this is a good fight for Saddam Ali to have, like a guy that's going to bring the fight continuously. And you didn't see Saddam Ali really fold or, or, or kind of um, get out of his comfort zone in a way where he was still applying a lot of skill, um, pumping that jab and throwing I mean, really nice combinations, and to to the credit of, uh, you know, I, I, man, I, I, I'm drawing a blank with, with his last name, man, Santana. Uh, I mean, he he, I mean, he had a beer, man, and, and even like through the course of the fight, I mean, you saw how red his face was getting. But um, I think for the style matchup, it, it was nice to see, you know, kind of like w- when it was needed, you know, Sadan kind of like step on the gas a bit, throw combinations, get out of the way. Keep his composure, you know, which sometimes kind of is a parameter, you know, how a fighter is going to react when he gets to a point where, you know, he's fighting guys maybe with a little more power, like how they're going to, how, how, you know, the reception is to, uh, you know, when they get in those type of fights. So like overall, I mean, it was a, it was a good performance by um, Saddam Ali, man. And I think, I mean, he's a guy out of the new stock of guys, like I'm really looking forward as far as, you know, his next fights and, you know, who they're going to put him up with. You felt it was a good challenge for him at this stage of his career, 20, uh, 23 fights in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he—he's it's in the in the sense of like the guy that he has been fighting. I mean, it, it was good to see just like how he can maneuver out of certain situations where, you know, where you see in, in some points some fighters that you know they fold or you know they'll just bring another trick out of the bag and you know for me at least you know I see where he, you know. I'm looking more forward to, like, when he gets into, like, tougher fights, like, if he's able to keep that composure and still just apply his game and not really fall into the trap of, like, trying to slug out. How soon do you guys right. see him being a player at, at welterweight? Because we know welterweight is really loaded right now. Yeah. So is, 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 is he just having a cup of oh. coffee at welterweight? Are they, are they going to actually let him, uh, you know, take, you know, try to get him some real legitimate fights to try to move him up in, the, in that in that division? I like the way they're bringing him along, like Roberto said. Um, you know, we forgot about, you know, it, it, there's a process. You know, uh, we used to talk about it, this all the time, uh, Docs, about the company, that that company being top rank, um, how they used, you know, how they had this model on how they brought fighters along, you know, slowly but shortly. 
and you put them in with the busy guy. You put them in with, you know, the, the a puncher type of guy, but not a puncher in the sense of like a Madonna or, you know, some of the other big names, but just like a journeyman puncher guy. Just bring them all slowly, just kind of get their, their beak wet. And maybe about a year or two, uh, you know, when the Dannys and the Lamont Peterson and those guys move up, and then you can kind of put him in contention, you know, maybe for a title. Um, I would keep him stay clear of the Keith Thurmans and the Sean Porters yeah. and all those kind of guys. I don't think he's at that level just yet. But, again, he'll grow up with the other guys that's coming up coming up um, in the weight class. So I think in a, probably about two years or so, maybe even a Terrence Crawford may be a welcome yeah, by Yeah, I was just going to say you him, know, yeah. so you, Everybody would kind of be at the same level, but I love the way I think he's a lunch pail guy. Uh, he's a, a hard worker. Um, you know, you don't see the, you, those kind of guys a lot anymore, the utility kind of guys. And he's like a utility knife. You know, he doesn't do one thing good or one thing great. He just do a lot of different things yeah. good. So he's almost like a, a poor man's Tim Bradley a little bit. It's kind of weird. You know, he, he's a horse. He's a workhorse. I was I was going to say that because he's not necessarily a big puncher, and he reminds right. me of Bradley. Right. So how, how old more is Saddam Ali? He's twenty-six I, years old. He's twenty-six. So, see, that's yeah, what okay. I'm saying. Like, okay. Right. You know what I mean? He still got time. You know, because thirty is not thirty no more. So when you're thirty, you kind of in your prime. <laughs> that's yeah. You got a good point. There. It's different <laughs> now. You know, when but, you at same, but, at, but at the same time, at the uh, Somebody like uh, Canelo had twice as many fights as he did at the age of 23. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you know. Well, we talked about him. Well, uh, that didn't get me started with him, but. <laughs> yeah. That's, a whole, that's another show. That's yeah. another show. Yeah, that's another show. <laughs> so, like, we got a whole staff, uh, Doc. Who else is on the call, fellas? Identify yourselves. Roll call. Yo, 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 that's a double EPH you say Chai Flee. Is that old dirty <laughs> bastard? Is that old dirty bastard? <laughs> <laughs> where's uh where's uh uh Inspector Deck? Is Big Mike in the building? Nah, it's nah, it's just me, man. Alright, all right, so so alright, cool, cool. I'm just gonna I wanna make sure we have this thing. Story in the building. Corey's not here. Nah, all right, cool. So moving along, we had uh, the second fight of that card on Saturday night was a heavyweight scrap, and it was Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Klitschko versus uh, Brian. Philadelphia's own Brian Jennings, affectionately known as, as Bi. That was for three titles, the WBA, WBO, and the IBF. Unanimous decision, uh, and some that people felt was, uh, it shouldn't have been as close as Max and Luca had. He had a 118-109 Steve Weisfeld and Robin Taylor equally had it 161-11. And it was a very uh, action-packed fight and something that I didn't see happening. And, and the one thing that was definitely worth noting was something that we, we've been talking about, Vladimir Klitschko style and something that Emmanuel Stewart, the late great Emmanuel Stewart instilled in him, which was fight by uh, utilizing clinches something that he was penalized for in the 10th round for excessively doing. I want to let you guys talk a little bit about what you guys felt in regards to Brian Jennings' performance and Klitschko's performance as well in this uh, heavyweight scrap. So I don't know who wants to, who wants to take it first. I, I started off as ride or die. Um, okay. You know, I had predicted that, um, you know, that he would be 
a little bit too green just, you know, judging upon his last fight and judging upon the amount of fights he had. I almost, you know, thought about, first thing I thought about when I looked at his record was how um, Vargas was thrown in there with Trinidad or David Reed was thrown in there with Trinidad. It was just like kind of like career suicide. But, um, you know, there's no, there's no trophy for second place in boxing. You know, there's no good job, good efforts, you know. Um, but I felt as though he, he handled himself better than what I gave him credit for or what I expected. You know, what he did that I, that I liked was after the first couple of rounds when he, when he kind of, like, got the nervousness out of him, he made Kushko kind of, like, go backwards. And <clears throat> I like that as well, you know. And I like the fact that he was being a little bit more aggressive. He was actually taking a fight in some rounds to Klitschko. Um, I think a lot of the guys, when they get in front of Klitschko, um, we had a gentleman last week, I forget his name, from California, who, who you know, who was a very good, knowledgeable guy. And he was just, he always pointed out, you know, last week, we were talking about, I'm sorry, what was his name? T.T. T.T., yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know he he pointed out so eloquently. He's like, listen, you know everybody is you know is enamored by you know Klitschko's size because he's a heavyweight, he's big, and it just seemed like it, you know every time somebody gets into the ring with Klitschko, whether it be you know over the pond, these guys get shell shot looking across the ring, and it seemed like Brian Jennings was uh, was shell shot you know by his size. It seemed like after a while he kind of was taking a fight for him. Now, granted, he lost. Well, I don't think Kushko will want a rematch either. So um, I was, you know, the only thing I was disappointed about was, you know, a loss is a loss is a loss, but those scores weren't indicative of how that fight went. And, and it showed yeah, you I how, agree with that. And it showed you how bad, you know, I really don't complain about scoring because he still lost, but even though they took a point away, he still lost grossly on some of those cards. And I was just like, what fight were they watching? So, you know, I mean, Kuchko won ultimately, um, but I was impressed with, uh, you know, Jennings and the way that he handled himself being so green. And, um, you know, hopefully there's some, some bigger fights on the horizon for him. Anybody else want to uh, take a stab at this? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I to, to uh, you know, kind of like talk about what, uh, what Ryder Dye was saying. It's, it's kind of a thing where in boxing sometimes, you know, you get that quote-unquote moral victory and I kind of looked at it for Jennings like that because the, the thing I think he gave Klitschko that a lot of these European fighters don't have is really just like a, a shred of like just sheer athleticism and movement and, and even for for what he was doing it like you could clearly see like Klitschko wasn't used to this he's used to guys you know like right I was saying that are just like right in front of him and he could just tee off, you know, and, and that's just like, uh, just kind of like the style of it. But, you know, with Jennings, I mean, even for the disadvantage he had with the size and the reach, like he was making Klitschko uncomfortable, you know, and I'm like, wow. And like, I was just like really surprised that um, he, he kind of like, you know, he kept his composure in the fight. I mean, I, I think there are points where I think he just let Klitschko just in a way tee off on him. But like, even on top of that, man, like, he was getting hit with right hands, and not once did it look like, well, maybe towards the end, but, you know, he was taking Klitschko's shots, and it was like he just kept coming, you know. And I think it's kind of a situation now where you start to think, because we were, at least me, I was saying probably like a month ago that, 
you know, a fight with Tyson Fury or with, with Deontay Wilder are kind of, very, you know, they're very premature. But it's like looking at this fight, man, and, and this is why I kind of say it's a moral victory for Jennings where it's like he's the first guy in a really long time to, to make Klitschko look not so uh, dominating. You know, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think, like, again, like him coming out of this fight, I still think he's going to have opportunities. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I mean, again, like I think now with, with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, and now I'm hearing the Tyson Fury is going to be uh, potentially Klitschko's next fight or, you know, I've been hearing that, but now it, it starts to, you know, put some interest into like, you know, what could potentially happen, man. So it's, it's almost like this little ripple in the pond that Jennings kind of created now where, for, for like the first time in a while, now there's a little bit of interest. Like, well, man, like Klitschko looks a little vulnerable now. So, um, but overall, I mean, it was an entertaining fight, man. I mean, for 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 the most part, you know. I don't know if anybody wants to to add on. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna add on. Um, you know, first thing, you know, uh, I guess I personally apologize to Jennings because we kind of um wrote him off based on this. Yeah. Interview. It's a, a last week, and uh, he he really came in, and you know like uh, Radada said, you know once he once he got over the little, maybe the early nervousness of being in there at, at the big spotlight, you know he fought a very confident fight, and um, yeah. I think that was the biggest thing. You know he wasn't enamored by, you know Klitschko and Klitschko's status. You know he was trying to win, and I saw I saw two things that's going to kind of you know write a blueprint for a fighter who's capable of um of pulling it off. Like uh, you know, the um the one thing was he kept crowding Klitschko and making him uncomfortable. This is what a lot of early fighters used to do to him because of his height. He was he was using a tactic that you know some of the veterans use, like uh, Andre Ward, Bernard Hopkins, but he was crashing into him. It was causing Klitschko to put his arm around his neck and it was looking like Klitschko was holding, was holding, but it was because Jennings was crashing into his chest and trying to get up under him. And what he was doing was taking away Klitschko's ability, you know, to use his power, you know, getting it, getting it inside of his distance. Now, um, that right there, you know, with our little mini argument last week, shows me how Tyson, the real Mike Tyson, would have destroyed him because he's a, his ability to punch in those tight spaces. Um, the other thing was the movement. That he gave Klitschko, and Klitschko even admitted that he wasn't, he didn't have a problem with his right hand. He just wasn't letting his right hand go because he said, um, from the movement of Jennings, you know, he didn't feel the shot was there. I guess he didn't want to get countered. Um, the second thing is what I really see Wilder having a, a, a pretty, um, he can be pretty successful against Klitschko because of his size and his length. He'll be able to counter and shoot punches off the back foot from what he showed from the last fight and land power shots from a distance, you know, with Klitschko. Because I don't see Klitschko really letting his hands go if he's not in robotic mode and able to get the shot off, you know, in a one-two stance. So, um, you know, like the guy said earlier, you know, Jennings is kind of putting a ripple, you know, in the waters and kind of, you know, showing people that, you know, he can be beat. And these are the things, if you make him uncomfortable, if you take it out of a, like a standstill, like rock him, sock him, robot right in front of you, 
you know, type of fight and, and disrupt his rhythm and make it ugly and be confident, he still shows those slight glimpses of discouragement. And um, you know, I'm 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 pretty excited, you know, about what the what the future holds. As far as Jennings, um, he did a great job. I think he's gonna have success, you know, in the division, you know, very proud, you know, representing my city, you know, with his confidence and the things he did in the ring. And hopefully he'll get some more opportunities. I'm sure he'll get some more opportunities. I know it won't be against Klitschko, but he'll be in the mix, you know, with the Titans because I thought it was going to be Klitschko was going to have to retire before we can start seeing some other things. But I think we got I think we got some interesting fights moving forward. Well, let me give you guys some some data to ponder because one of the interesting facts that they mentioned was that it's been 11 years since Klitschko has been on the, on the losing end of a fight. Let me throw three names out there for you guys. 1998, Ross Purity, TKO in 11th round. Uh, Corey Sanders, 2003, TKO in, in two rounds. And then, of course, Lamont Brewster, the last man to beat, had his, 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 uh, his hand raised in victory against Klitschko was 2004, and that was a TKO in five. So the one thing that's consistent between all three of these matches is that he's been the only way you could beat Klitschko in the past was by stopping him. And that was something that was a detriment of his. We all we all knew he was chinny and you know, he didn't have the wherewithal to be able to uh stand to some, some serious power and some serious heat from big punches. But we're we're seeing now the new heavyweight division lacks explosion in terms of big punches. Are you do you feel like it's still gonna be a guy that's gonna walk through his power to land a big shot? Was there going to be someone that follows the blueprint that Mike Jennings said? Is this is this a precursor to what you feel is going to have to happen in order to beat Klitschko? Because he gave him angles, he gave him some movement, he gave him some something that Klitschko, he hasn't seen before where he couldn't unload with that big shot. So is, which one is it? I mean, I, I think it could be a little a mix of both, but I think what's presented to, at least in reality, what what he could be facing, you know, speaking of Klitschko, is you know the light, the likelihood of a Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder, and like to you know to talk about what Sleeve was saying, um, you know, you you look at how Deontay Wilder fights, and even in his last fight, you know, you're dealing with another, you know, somewhat you know athlete who's bigger. A, you know, longer reach, or I would say, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure of how long um, uh, Wilder's reach is. I mean, but I, I'm thinking it's in the realm of what Klitschko's is. So, you know, when you when you look at it from that point, it it puts Klitschko in a position unlike he's really ever been in, which is kind of instead of you fighting the much smaller man, you're fighting a guy at your level. So it kind of takes the stigma away of like how big of a guy he is. Though at the same time, you can't ignore. <laughs> that Klitschko still hits hard, you know, but, but like I said, but like I was mentioning with Jennings, man, he took, you know, right hands. I mean, granted, I, I, not the, the most flush right hands, but, you know, some that guy went through the guard and he stood there and took him. And, you know, for somebody like Wilder, you know, again, we have to see how he would be, how receptive he would be. But like, I, I mean, I'll go on record and say, I don't think he's got a glass chin, you know, per se. So, you know, it, it presents a, a dynamic that, Klitschko really has never seen as far as when you look at what he dealt with with Jennings and now you're going to deal with a, a bigger guy who's also a guy who can move and throw combinations. I mean, 
you know, like I said, it's just it, it's just crazy to say, but like the heavyweight division, like for the first time in a while, man, is kind of it's getting interesting now. One of the things, real quick, I just want to say, that I don't want people to overshadow this. Um, Styles make fights, and the things that Jennings was able to do, I don't know that a lot of other fighters can do. I think one of the things that he didn't get credit for, he was very crafty on Saturday night. Like, he was going underneath punches, crowding Klitschko a lot, and that frustrated Klitschko. He was tying him up, doing the trickery, what was actually manipulating the ref at times, where he would clinch Klitschko, like kind of what Bernard does, and it made it seem like Klitschko was holding him. Was Well, put it like this, he was anticipating the hold from Klitschko. That was, that's a crafty trait right there. And I think that kind of went unnoticed on Saturday night when he was doing that. And the way he was just like crowding, you know, cutting the ring off, um, disrupting Klitschko's rhythm, because that, that's what was frustrating more than anything. I don't know after if y'all heard him say after the fight, he gave Eddie – he kind of gave Eddie his props too. It was like when he fought Eddie, you know, there he was saying that Eddie was good on his feet. Same thing like with uh, with Jennings, you know, how he was – like his footwork was like exceptionally good. Like the way he would just like slide into close distance uh, to Klitschko and just like smothering him. And I, I just don't know if everybody can do that, you know. So I'm not really ready to just write Klitschko off just yet. I just think that he fought that style. That style is a tricky style to fight. And Jennings is a guy, It's going. he's a difficult guy to look good against. He's a guy that knows how to do certain things to make guys look ordinary. And that's kind of what he – he made Klitschko look ordinary on Saturday night. Now, Klitschko did win the fight. I don't want to take anything away from him because – it was a 116-112 type of fight. You know, I don't know about those other scorecards, but he won eight rounds clearly. But, you know, he made Klitschko uncomfortable. You know, and craftiness is something that I always say it can't be taught. That's something that just got to be in you. The thing about wow. um, the thing about Wilder, why I think he's uh, – I'm starting to think he would really embarrass Klitschko is because – he showed in his last fight. I, I, I don't know. I need, I need more evidence. I can't uh, go is, by this... one fight and just say that uh, he man. would embarrass Klitschko without having a, a full sample size of just one fight where a guy that fights nothing like Wilder. He fights hear me, nothing hear me like out. him. Hear me yeah. out. It's because it's his length, his, his ability to punch from that distance, and he showed me in the, uh, Stavine, the Stavern fight he can go twelve rounds fighting backwards, like, and he and he can move constantly. Klitschko has never dealt with anybody like this before, and the fact that Klitschko has to get I need I need more of a sample size sleep before I just. Let, let I me mean, Severn is one thing, but fighting Klitschko is a whole different ball game. Like, I just need a little bit more of a sample size. Well, I, I hear mean, what you're saying, but I need I need more people. Basically, is what I'm saying. I need more people. Like I can't, I can't go from Stavern because because Klitschko looked somewhat vulnerable against a guy that has a style that I don't think Wilder has. So I need a little bit more uh, proof. He's never fought a guy like Wilder before, and and the fact that he's on the tail end of his career. And the, and the I mean little, that's true. That's true. The little movement. That he's on the way out the door. Little movement that Jennings gave him gave him problems. It gave him major. But it wasn't just the movement, though. Like, he didn't just move. I think y'all missing what he did. He didn't just move. He was in close. He was underneath him. He crowded his face. 
Wilder don't fight like that, though. That's all. All I'm saying is, just look at the styles. Just hear me. I'm just saying the styles are completely different. He doesn't fight like Wilder. Where Wilder. I get that totally. It may be more of a foot race with him and Wilder. It may just be a foot race think, to the finish think, line. Listen, listen, listen. I think Wilder would be a more difficult fight because he would set a trap for him. And I don't think Klitschko's chin. I think he's still chinny. Once you chinny, you're always chinny. The fact that Wilder can unload power from a distance and he can get on his bike, he's never faced anybody like this before. So I think I think he would give Klitschko a ton of problems with his I, I, well, 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 what we're saying, we'll know if this, what you're saying, we'll see if it's true because if they think he's vulnerable, then that fight should be made next. Then, now if they wait two more fights, then they don't think that Stavert, I mean, excuse me, that Wilder's ready and they're going to catch Klitsch, which I think is going to happen. They're going to catch him maybe a fight or two later and catch him on the way out the door. Because I, I just think that's, he just won the belt. You take the risk of him getting embarrassed. Now, everything you just worked for, now you're going five steps backwards. So, I'll, me personally, I don't think that fight's going to happen, at least for another fight or two. That's just my personal well, take. I on think it. the media fight that they're talking I mean, I was hearing that they're, they're, before this fight, they were talking about, like, a Fury-Klitschko fight. Like, that was, now, I, I can guess, see that because Tyson Fury's been in the mix. You know, he's well, been what? in the mix, and he's more of a not proven commodity, but – it's just a different, whole different story with him. He's, he's, he's been around, and he's trying to, you know, make a name for himself. Where, where Wilder, they're trying to build him up to be the next big thing in boxing. So, I just don't think that fight is going to happen no time soon. I just don't think it's happening right now. I think I they're going to sit on his starter for a little have, bit. I mean, it's going to happen, but I just don't think it's going to happen right now because it's a lot of risk. It's a big risk you're taking. All right, so I think this is a perfect segue to move along. So, um, yeah, it was was very eye-opening. Some people may feel like he got exposed. Some people may feel like we're starting to see the tides changing in the the heavyweight division where for years we had the the two-headed stronghold between the, the two brothers. And it, it seems so far-fetched to, to dream of an American heavyweight taking claim to any one of those belts. So now we're starting to see that the tide is changing, either by virtue of Klitschko getting older, which he's 39 years old, not necessarily on the on the on the young on the the good spectrum of of 30. So that's going to be something to watch in the future. Uh, we're going to, let's talk about these upcoming fights that we have. We have a couple before we get into the big. Big uh, showdown that everybody's waiting for. We have two upcoming fights, so you guys could, if you guys want to chime in, that's cool. If now we can move on to the next segment, but we have, we got to mention we have one on Fox Sports. It's Marcelo Hester versus Carlos Molina, and you also have another one on ESPN two. It's Ishe Smith versus Cecil McCalla, and they're both taking place on April thirtieth. You guys want to chime in about any, either one of these fights or? Uh, Anything in particular about these fights? Because you got two names, Molina and Ishe Smith fighting on that night. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how Ishe Smith. Go ahead, uh, Ryder. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, we could chime in on the fights, but, you know, I, I just want to point this out there. I mean, I, I know uh, we have our plan. I know we, we itching to get to the fight, but we do have to address that pound for pound list because a lot of people hit us. Up. No, no, no. That, that's 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 definitely your, that's the next in my agenda. 
Our agenda right. is going to include that. So before we got out, we get out there. I think it's fair to just pull the boxing into the fans to talk about each upcoming fight because we don't want the the main event on Saturday to screw up everything that's else true. that's happening in the boxing. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, if we don't have anything else to add, we'll, we'll just recap those fights. Next I'm picking Ishe Smith and Molina. Wow, that's that's my take on those two events. All right, so I'll just tell you what, since uh, we know little about these fights and they kind of like slip under the radar, we'll just recap them next week. So yeah, there you go. something else that's been uh, um, that's been on the radar now just popped up, and, and this is a Yahoo story that broke from Kevin Ayo. Uh, last week we touched on it, you know, when uh, Stephen A. Smith went to see Floyd in Vegas. Uh, we we saw that ESPN has been airing these pieces, counting down for the fight. During one of the segments in, in Floyd's, uh, was that a Bentley? Was that a which, what, what car was that? Sleep? I don't it was know a Rolls Royce. He keeps saying it's a Bentley. That's a ghost. It was a Roy- oh, he was, he was, so he was in his ghost. I think they were about to go pick up $250,000 in, in earnings that he won uh, on some of those games over that weekend. So, during the ride over to the bookies, they get into a discussion, uh, unwarranted, unprovoked, and Floyd uh, declared his his status in the annals of boxing. He says he's the greatest fighter of all time, and, and in saying so, he stressed that he's actually better than Muhammad Ali and proceeded to diminish uh, some of Ali's accomplishments, in particular Rumble in the Jungle, which holds a special place in a lot of boxing aficionados' hearts. So that led to... This, uh, this discussion uh, from Kevin Ayo and Jim Lampley and Max Kellerman, Showtime's Al Bernstein and Steve Farhood, uh, uh, Nevada Hall of Fame founder Rich Morota, Lou DiBella, matchmaker Chris Middendorf, Associated Press columnist Tim Dahlberg, and retired AP boxing writer Ed Shuler Jr., and also the boxing historian Cliff Rule. They came up with a poll, and they created the first Yahoo Sports all-time top 25 list. Uh, I post, Garja Grill posted this earlier on Instagram, and we had some mixed reactions. I posted this also on my personal Instagram page, and people were saying that that list was very inaccurate. Before we get into it, we have to say that the first name on the list is Sugar Ray Robinson. He had 164 first-place votes. votes. Second name. I'll read, this, I'll read. I'll briefly go down so that you can got, you guys can see where in this top twenty-five, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao place. So the, uh, at one, Sugar Ray Robinson. Two, Emory Armstrong. Three, Muhammad Ali. Four, Harry Greb. Five, Roberto Duran. Tied for six are Joe Lewis and Willie Pep. Eight, Sugar Ray Leonard. Nine, Benny Leonard. Ten. Sam Langford, 11, Archie Moore, 12, Ezra Charles, 13, Joe Gans, 14, Barney Ross, 15, Jack Johnson, 16, Pernero Whitaker, 17, Jen Tunney, 18, Jack Dempsey, 19, Floyd Mayweather Jr., tie for 20, Marvin Hagler and Tony Canzoneri, tie for 22, Manny Pacquiao, Charlie Burley, and tied for 24, which rounds out of the top 25, are Julio Cesar Chavez and the late great Salvador Sanchez. So this created a lot of discussion. Some people felt neither Floyd nor Manny should have been ranked in the top 25 in this discussion, and some of the more casual fans felt Floyd should have been ranked higher. <laughs> and some people felt Mike Tyson should have been in the list. 
And I actually laughed because somebody earlier on my personal page asked me uh, when they read this list, they said, they said, I think Rod Salka should be at least in the top five. Horrible list. I didn't even address that individual. Rod Salka in, in, in this discussion, I don't know what the hell he was smoking. So I'm going to let you guys talk about it. Well, Doc, just, going just, to say this to be fair, there, there were people on the main account, too, that thought that Manny should have been hired because he cleaned out divisions, quote, unquote. From his yeah, so, from his lightweight days. I saw that, too. Uh, so this, uh, which is, which is so we all know this has, the, this has the potential to be very polarizing, so I, and, and people wanted us to address this. And I want us as GYGBS fans and, as, you know, and people who are in, in, in as a squad of covering the sport, I want us to be fair and balanced, and I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are in terms of it's Floyd and Manny. Because we, we're not going to debate the rest of these guys. Right, right. This is cemented legacy. And I, and I was watching Teddy earlier today, Teddy Atlas on uh, Mike and Mike this morning, and his main reasons for why he has these guys ranked so high and will never let Floyd even – he would never consider Floyd in that discussion is, is because these guys fought 200 fights and 300 fights. And fought every weekend, you know what I'm saying? And they defended their titles several times a year. So a lot of these purists look at these young fighters who have 40, 50 fights or whatever to their names. They feel like they can't really stack up to the legacy of these fighters who are really working men fighters. So we're not going to debate the plays amongst these greats. Well, let's talk about it's Floyd. Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao worthy of being in the top twenty-five of all-time discussion. Yo, Manny, um, this is ride or die. This is there's no way in the world. I said it last week. I text everybody. Yeah, everybody has to do their research. Stop being lazy. All right, do your research. Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao did not invent boxing. As much as you like them, as much as you guys are fanboys, all right, these guys. Do not belong in anybody's top twenty-five list. Even after next weekend, they don't belong in anybody's top twenty-five list. The fact that they're ranked above Marvin Hagler and Julio Cesar Chavez is a travesty. Is a travesty. And the fact that you have people that are off that list that that you know most of us as fans, you know, we have YouTube. We're just so lazy to just you know, kind of do our research. Like, one name that comes in pos- that, that comes up to place, and I'm just going to say it, I know you don't want it to, is George Foreman. How is George Foreman not in anybody's top 25 list? Anybody. He was 45 years old. He won a championship. Was, was Tommy Hearns on that list? I don't remember. Tommy Hearns wasn't on that list. That was another yeah. thing. Tommy, 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 yeah, Tommy, Tommy Hearns is not okay. on that list. I don't right. think he got cut off. All right, here's, here's a guy for you that my dad always talked about, Jim Wildy. You know, I don't know if you guys know about him, but – Sky was a flyweight champion, 131 wins and 99 knockouts, one of the smallest world champions ever, most destructive, ranked the highest out of any fighter in his weight class. I mean, this, this, there's people, there's some people up in Boston that probably would debate about Rocky Marciano. You know, I mean, just, you know, it's just we're getting so caught up in this week that everybody's just saying, you know, they're just saying, okay, after LeBron wins a championship, oh, LeBron is better than Jordan. Let's put him in our top five. I mean, you guys got to stop. You guys got to stop this, man. You you guys got to stop this. You guys got to do more research. Boxing did not start and begin, bless you, with Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. I mean, do you understand how many wins Chavez had before he lost? Yeah. I mean, seriously. 
Am I right well, or wrong? I mean, do you, I mean, literally, George Foreman no, was a wrecking ball machine. Well, see, it's, it's just so subjective, this discussion, because it is, it's hard. Doing these lists is very – I don't know how they get – and it was a good post, Rada Da. I don't know how they gathered the information, how they put all this stuff together. So I, I just – I want to be a little bit fair to whoever did it. I don't know how they did it, but it's such a subjective discussion. I don't know – when they did the rankings, how did they do the was it per title defenses, uh, level of opposition? Like, where, how did you know? How did they come together with this? I mean, I guess it's something we can look forward towards later. So, just to be fair to some people, you know, that maybe thought some of these people were higher. I'm not talking about Pacquiao and, and Floyd. I'm just saying, period, just the list as a whole. But it's just it's just, it's just, just a subjective topic. It's, it's hard, you know. It's a very complicated discussion. As far as Floyd and Pacquiao goes, <sighs> I mean, I mean, me personally, I mean, I think they they're, they they should be in the mix. Um, but I agree. Like, there's so many other fighters. Like, when you go through the history of the sport, and like you really sit down, and even if you didn't grow up in in a particular era, because that's just a cop out just to say that. Like, you really educate yourself. There's a lot of guys that accomplished a lot of great in sport. And, you know, like we were, like Teddy was saying earlier, you know, that you got guys that was fighting every weekend and moving up in all these different weight classes. I mean, it's just so many different variables. But I'll let y'all chime in because I, mean, well, I think Cornell Whitaker was too low. But <laughs> again, another subject for another day, but whatever. Let me, ask, ahead, let me ask an honest question. Like, for, I want to ask a question. Do you guys think in the 80s, with Floyd Mayweather's skill set, would he be able to survive at 140 pounds, which is really where he should be fighting at in the 80s? Like in, a, in the golden era, you know, in that era of boxing, we had all these things going on. You know, um, would he dominate in the 80s with that type of schedule, with mandatories? Do you think he would dominate at 140? Well, he would have two two problems. He would run, but he Aaron Pryor and <laughs> you know he would have two two. See, that's the thing. Like when you do these things, you got to bring all these people in. Now you, you know he fought in the era he fought in, but you talking about two assassins basically that he would have to go. This isn't no disrespect to Cotto or any of these other or Shane. This is a whole different ball game, a different kind of guy. These are like generational talent kind of fighters. So it's just different. It was different back well, then. It was just different. Your point. In the back of your point, Coltrane. The back of your point, Coltrane. If you the whole article when that art when Kevin Io wrote that article, he was just saying one of the things he said, and you and I had discussed this before, is how a lot of the boxing fundamentals are not shown today. So a lot of these people that we call great have some of these fundamentals. But let's let's face it, some of the journeymen back then had fundamentals and had dog in him. So when you think about it, just something as simple as a jab that is not seen as much today, a lot of those guys in the 80s had great jabs. They weren't doing the dumb stuff that you see a lot of these fighters doing. I mean, obviously, when you bring up that name and you, and you put that question out there, I, I agree. Just, well, let me, let, let me, let me no, give no, you guys something. Hold on, I just want to say this real quick, and I'll let you move on. Doc. I was just saying, at 140, Sean, uh, Mayweather for Sean Bay Mitchell and Chop Chop Corley. 
Actually, what was Sean Bay was Sean Bay. You Sean know, was one forty-seven. By the way, one forty-seven. But he fought. Who did he fight at forty? Chop Chop. Forty. He fought Chop Chop. Henry Brucellas. He fought Henry Bruce, uh, Philip yeah, Adu. Victoriano <laughs> Sosa. Those 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 journeymen. I mean, you know, I mean, will Floyd hold his own? No doubt. But well, let me let me give you guys these 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 key metrics right here to ponder. So you gotta understand, for so the majority of these guys' careers who cracked this list, they fought fifteen round fights. Another interesting okay. metric to ponder is that these guys spoke for one strap. So you didn't have these alphabet titles to fight for either. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to be the champ in this division, and there's four different titles in this division, so I can call myself an additional uh, weight champ. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you also had, um, when you when you coupled that, you know, it really it really shows you that you know these, these that you can't really judge it on the same criteria. And then you also have the fact for I would say sixty to sixty percent of the, the people that fought on this list fought when you didn't have junior or super weight classes. You either had lightweight or welterweight or middleweight. It wasn't no in between seven pounds. By the way, I can't make this weight class, so let's create this other little. Uh, weight class in between this, there's a seven pounds difference. So if you couldn't make 135, the next available weight class was 12 pounds higher. So you know you can't really you can't really gauge the, uh, everything based on, the, on on the new merit that we judge these new uh, pound matter. for pound champ guys. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. The original. So there's a lot of the people on the list. It's from a point of time where there wasn't like these tweener weight classes, so that's that's another factor. But if, but if you uh, put them all in that general weight class, let's just think about that. You put them all in their general weight class. You look at their skill. Forget about all this weight stuff. All right, you put them in there, and you put them in there skill wise. Let's do the eye test. All right, we we, we can see. Let's do the eye test. Terry Norris said last week. Shot props out to him that Mayweather and Pacquiao wouldn't even last in his era. Last, I mean, it's kind of like they look at it as like disrespect. Like, don't like you talking about people that could fight and had dogs in them. Man, these guys, all you had to do was look at ABC Wild World Sports. Man, Simon Brown was giving people L's. It's a very good, rugged dude. Could never just catch a break. Had very good skill. I mean, we talking about people, man. We talking about people, man. That like the average fan wouldn't know. We know this. They, they couldn't. They, they would nah. But they were. But one thing we have to take note: um, in the '80s, Floyd or Pacquiao wouldn't come up to. They would. They would remain most likely in their weight class. It wasn't the. No, they they would have moved up. They would have moved up. I don't think. People, I don't think Pacquiao no, would have ended up at. Well, I don't know about Pacquiao, but Floyd definitely would have moved up. He would have. I think he would have had to because he's at this point. I mean, he's he's not the biggest welterweight, but at the same time, I mean. I think at this point, I, I don't know if he'd make 140, like, healthy or not. But Pacquiao, yeah. Um, I'm Floyd, not so much. But, you know, to, the, the, thing, the thing about – Because Pernell, Pernell said it, because Pernell moved up in weight class, and he was literally yeah. than Floyd. Like, yeah. I, he, you he know, was also weight, too. Yeah, towards right. the end. Like, but he started yeah. at, like, you know, he start, you know where he started at. You know, so he moved up. I think what people remember, too, with Floyd, and, 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 I mean m- – Definitely Pacquiao, but you know when I look at Floyd, I mean I, Floyd's a, a legit welterweight. Yeah, that's what point. I think he's but, a legit forty six. Yeah, I think he's good yeah. to his body really well. When you look at when you look at uh, 
well, anytime, you know, when people mention, um, you know, Leonard and, and Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran, I mean, we got to take into account, too, that it's, especially for Tommy Hearns and Ray Leonard, they were young welterweights. You know, they weren't like welterweights into their, you know, their mid-30s were, I mean, not say, I mean, Floyd's been a welterweight for a minute, but, I mean, he went through the weight classes and then got to welterweight where, you know, a prime Leonard and a prime Hearns were, at, you know, at welterweight, and really, I mean, when you look at both of them, neither of them have ever fought the likes of either one of those guys. And I even argued Duran as well. And he was, and, and he was a guy that was, you know, with a problem. I mean, some argue the greatest lightweight of all time. But, um, I mean, it's just tough, man. Like, when you talk about, like, pound for pound lists, and one thing with me that I'm kind of, I've always been on the tip of, you know, wait till their careers are finished, you know, because it's, it, it's kind of, a, it's funny, like, when you look at, like, Roy Jones, right, and in 2001, people were talking about, I mean, I know you guys remember this. Yeah, people were talking I will never Roy forget it. Yeah. Better than, than Sugar Ray Robinson, better than Muhammad Ali, and, and look, man, I mean, for, and to be honest, just like how some people argue with Floyd today, I mean, some people make points, but again, you have to look at obviously the bigger picture, but then when you look at, like, what Roy's career, like, became, you know, just a bit after that, like, people forget almost, like, what he did in his prime because of just how long he went and how long his career ended up being to where now, like, people don't even mention him in, like, a top 25 or 30 or even 40, you know, whereas, like, back then they were, like, throwing him That's in, a like, good point. That's a great, <laughs> great point. That's a great point. History history has a way of doing that, and people are perspective of their errors. I was thinking of Roy as well, but um, sometimes I have to check myself when it comes to basketball. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who's on that original top 50 list that can't hold a candle to the players that came through the early 2000s. You know what I'm saying? Like I agree with that. We are, we're protective of our errors. So Roy's a great example, you know, because of the way his career ended. He's he's an afterthought, but you know what I'm saying. He he's a he's someone that was extremely dominant. You know what I mean? Dominated the division. They went up, won a heavyweight title. Then you know you have there, there, there. But um, sometimes, you know, I, I mean that's why I would, that's one of the reasons why I put it out there. Like how would they do in these certain eras? Like I understand it was more rigorous. You know, it was a rougher game. Just like '90s, '80s, and '90s basketball was rougher. But um, the sheer talent of these individuals, would they survive at lower weight classes? That's why I asked that. You know, I know there was some animals there and stuff, but Floyd is a very skillful fighter. Right, you know, right. No, no, listen. You know Floyd holds his own. Now, don't get it twisted. Like, yeah. he, nobody's just running over him. You know, he's in these he's, – he's, he's there. He's in the – He's there, but he would definitely have a couple of L's on his resume. But, you know, you can only – you only can fight in the era that you fight in. So, yeah, yeah. It's you hard to argue, yeah. Yeah, you know, but um, skill wise, no doubt about it. You know what I mean? Um, Floyd holds his own. You know, will he win? I don't. You know, that's a great question. You know, against some of these guys, but he definitely holds his own. You know, he, he you know he figures it out one way or the I mean, other. To give them credit, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll go. I'll say flat out that both of them, I think, would have been successful in really any era. I mean, that's not to say they would have been as big of stars as, you know, they are now where they're just kind of like, you know, holding the fort. But, um, 
I mean, they're, they're dynamic fighters in their own way where I think it's like, I mean, you do have to tie in the scheduling or, or, or how many fights these fighters had. Not only that, but when you look at the string of guys that, you know, these guys did mm-hmm. fight, man. I mean, not every single fight was um, necessarily like a top fight, but, you know, it was some of those fights against people that most of us won't even, like, mention in a conversation were the ones that gave them the toughest fight. I mean, that's just boxing. I mean, that and, and that all ties into just, you know, th- how often these dudes fought, man. I mean, there, there was fights that Leonard had that, you know, were tough and Hagler and, and, and Hearns and what have you. But, you know, more in the later years, like, it's kind of just a sign of the times where, you know, these fighters haven't had to go through that because just kind of the paradigm of the sport now as far as how, you know, the fights are made and, and, and what have you. But, like you said, it's it's subjective, but it, it, I mean, it's it's tough to compare, man. It, it, and especially like with the pound for pound list, like I do wonder how they 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 really like got all that together to to come up with like. Good. No, no, no. I was saying, I just wonder how they they what like uh, the overall criteria as far as like just what they put on the table. It's all right. This is what this is what we're doing, and these are the guys. Yeah, I, you know what? And and I'll go back to this again. You know, and uh, and sleep said it. You know pretty good, you know, because we're protective of our basketball era, um, is that we, we look at a lot of things fundamentally that these kids lack nowadays that could make them greater. So nowadays, everybody's just into the fast food basketball. Well, can this guy dunk? Can he yeah. cross you over? Like, the there's clipper. no skill. Right. The clipper. Exactly. <laughs> Very good analogy. Can, can You know, there's no skill involved. So when you look at these guys going to the free throw line and they're missing free throws, and you're like, man, in the 80s, everybody made a free throw. Like, everybody can make a free throw. And this is what I'm saying when we start comparing errors. Yeah, they could probably coexist in those errors, but when you have people that were skilled, you know, like your Donald Currys, your Simon Browns, your, your Marlon Starlins, you know, forget about Aaron Pryor, even though he was a dog. Like, that's the obvious one. Lexus Arguellos, those are the obvious ones. But the people, the Mark Breelands of the world, these guys had skill, man. And and to be honest, when you look at what they're fighting today, like, they're just a few skilled people that they're fighting. I'm just being honest. Like, they're just a few. Those guys are not that skilled. Anybody will tell you that. Those guys are not this. Not I'm not talking about Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao, but their opposition, you know, is not as skilled as these guys were in the 80s. Like I said, if you would do your research, you'll find out that there were some journeymen that had really good skill, and they were dogs. They were hungry. Just being honest, they put fifteen rounds. At, like I want to, I want to, um, I want to do, I want to talk about this again. Um, on, we, we should, we should really dedicate a whole because there's a lot of stuff well, that I want to well, get into. I, well, let, let me let me segue for you guys so that we can put it on um, on a, on a different perspective. So something else that was said when they interviewed Jim Lampley, uh, you know, the, the, the talking right. heads on ESPN. I, I don't, really, I don't. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want to say, which is very glaring about that list. You're telling me. In the past 30 years, there's only two boxers. Like, I, I think I heard everybody you named on there. So you're saying boxers that exist in the 90s, the first decade of the 2000s, and this new decade, there's only two fighters that made the list. No, you have, you have four. You had, uh, you had uh, Pernell Whitaker and Julius. Oh, Whitaker. Yeah, Pernell was on there. Was Chavez on yeah. there? Chavez, Chavez was on there after, after yeah, Pacquiao. Chavez. 
So four or five years. After Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah. After Pacquiao. That's what I'm saying. After Pacquiao. We need to do it before. You know what? I'll tell you what, because this is this is good. We have a – it's 10.7, and we still have a lot of time. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm like. Don't get me started. I propose that we dedicate a future show to Boxing's legacy and the mythical pound for pound 25, you know, and everyone can come in with their top list and, you know, their top ten, and we can kind of make our own list. But something to uh, give perspective to this, when they had Jim Lampley the other day on, on uh, ESPN, is this the biggest fight in the history of boxing? You've been around Jim. You're a boxing historian. You know boxing. This is the biggest fight in the history of the sport. And he said, well, you know what? This is the biggest best promoted fight in the history of the sport. This is probably the most anticipated fight in the history of the sport. I can't tell you this is the biggest fight in the history of the sport because it hasn't happened yet. And I love partly that. A lot, I love that answer a, a when lot, he said that. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, the hype and the promotion and the and everything else seems to take precedence over the action that hasn't occurred yet. And I think we have to be really careful because this fight can go many different ways. And this is awesome. This can also end up hurting boxing if it ends up with what we already know, some fights that Floyd fights in. And you know what I mean? So not, not to pick on any particular fighter, this hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. So let's maybe, maybe let's revisit this after the outcome of Saturday's fight. And let's see where each one of these fighters, like, you know, one of these guys may – May uh, may drop from the top twenty five list, or both of them may drop from the top twenty five list altogether. So, like I said, I propose that we we cover this on the future show because this would definitely be interesting. And without further ado, I think um, uh, we've been having a we've, we've been doing a, a a pretty amazing job. I have to commend you guys for getting into this debate, and and this is a this has been a great discussion the last four weeks. Uh, four weeks, and this fight was made. You know, everybody has had their opinions as to who they feel is the superior man come that night. Who they feel is gonna, who has all of the intangibles to have their have their hands raised on uh, on May second. And it's interesting hearing everybody else's opinions and, and the things that they feel is gonna propel one man to victory over the other. So, in the past, uh, during the past four shows, we've covered variable and tangible such as ring generalship, uh athletic ability. Um help me out, fellas. Uh we covered I, uh, ring IQ I think. Yeah, boxing IQ. IQ yeah. And we, we, it was one more that we covered. So it was athletic ability, ring generalship, boxing IQ, confidence. We have one more to cover, but I'm not even gonna suggest that we get into the one specifically. You guys can roll that into your opinions as to who you feel is your choice to win that fight. So that last that last metric was uh, champion champion behavior. So I'm gonna allow you guys to individually give me your take, and this is where we reveal our picks for this upcoming fight. <laughs> so I love um, props to Docs for enrolling sports science into our breakdown. We use the word metrics a lot, you know, poodles, sports metrics, you know. But the thing about it is that that's why we call uh, you the prof, Doc. <laughs> you know the thing is like when you, when you look at a lot of these other sports out here, you talk about football and basketball and baseball, even hockey. You know, sports have sports have been modernized except for our sports. But yet, our sport was probably one of the first ones. 
to include metrics when you start looking at punch stats and hmm. and a lot of these different things. You know, when you start seeing, you know, uh, how many body shots were landed, how many power punches were landed, how many jabs, how many punches per round. We we use metrics in our sports. We just never look at it like that. We always look at it in terms of the traditional views of boxing. So I think if this is time for us to start looking at boxing as a sport that, that that can hold its own in terms of metrics, just like like the other one. So without further ado, I'm going to shut the hell up, and I'm going to let you guys handle this. So who would like to answer the first bell here? Uh, Roberto, you want to take, take a stab at it first? Oh, all right. We're, we're okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- I mean, this fight, man, I think, you know, I was somebody who – thought early on you know the the later the, the the later this fight uh was prolonged that i you know i thought it became a closer fight because i was somebody that always favored floyd uh, f- for a lot of the reasons that have been mentioned you know through this show and just through you know just the last five years man and i think with boxing that uh, one of the one of the constants has always been um you know what form are you going to be in uh, the night of the fight, and the thing we can't, we we it's kind of we haven't been ignoring it, but I think with both of these guys, we have to kind of realize that, um, yeah, they are not at their peaks anymore, but I think they they're still um, at least one great performance left in them for both, and you know, thinking about how I was trying to play this fight out, man, it's like it's you know you like the conventional going back watching video and. It's like you can only do that so much, and at some point, you just have to look at, you know, realistically what both guys bring to the table right now. And, you know, I've been juggling, thinking about fights from the past, like deep into the past, but, you know, my, my, my theme for, like, picking, you know, a winner in this fight has been current form. Who has the current form that I think is going to excel more over – you know, to the opponent to get the win. Cause I think that's what it's going to come down to. And, and I think when you look at stuff like speed, um, um, footwork, I would, I would give conventionally to Floyd as far as how, he, you know, he's a guy who can press the fight. Unlike, you know, some people who think he's just going to run, but the one thing I think is going to be key in this fight for my pick who I will just say it's going to be Manny Pacquiao. I think the foot speed in this fight is going to be a, a, a bigger deal than people are making, or, or at least are mentioning when it comes to the attack. At least I think Pacquiao is going to apply in the fight. It's It's got to be a situation for me, I think, where Floyd has got to press it early on. And, you know, the constant with a lot of people is that he starts slow and, I think he really has to gain Pacquiao's respect early in the fight. And I think down the stretch, man, I just think that Floyd is going to be the Floyd that he usually is that isn't much of a guy that's going to not, not, not trade on and off with, with Pacquiao, but just be assertive enough to where he's going to win the rounds. Because I think Pacquiao's attempt is that – He's going to steal rounds. And I think we, we're starting to see traces of just somebody like Amidana who isn't as quick 
to the punch like Pacquiao is, does take risks, but, you know, people are forgetting that, you know, Pacquiao is just going to, in my opinion, is going to present Floyd a, a, a situation where he has to work a lot and, and he's going to fight at a pace that he's not comfortable fighting at, at this point in his career. So, I mean, it's going against the grain and, and, and it's tough for me to like, you know, argue, you know, like with people who will, you know, give Floyd, you know, or, or who are picking Floyd. It's hard to debate because like all the, all the, or the intangibles that you'll give to me, like I can't argue it, but I just think at this point, the style matchup is not going to favor Floyd. And I think Pacquiao is going to overwhelm him with punches. And I think he's going to win a unanimous decision. Well, give me a prediction. Uh, decision. Of, of Manny, uh, Manny Pacquiao, unanimous decision. UD. Okay, there you go, the first pick. Now I'm going to need somebody on this call right here. Big Mike, you on the call, right, right brother? Yes, I am. Okay, hold tight for me. I just want to make sure you are muted. So I need someone here to give me a rebuttal. Uh, I don't know who here is picking the the man from Michigan here, but anybody here came man. to chime in and rebut. Um, you want me? You want me to step in the ring? I had a change in hearts. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back on mute. Go ahead. All right. Please. Um, my pick has not changed since 2010. Um, you can go back to the tapes. I think Floyd's going to win in a dominant fashion, and I think the biggest thing is the size. <clears throat> Floyd hasn't fought anybody smaller than him in a while. Um, he's a strong fighter for his size as is, and he's going to manhandle Manny based upon his size. This fight is going to look a lot like Bernard and Tito Trinidad, and hear me out. The the problem Ouch. the problem with the, the the whole thing with that fight and a lot of people thought Tito was gonna win is Bernard was able to control Tito through Tito's own aggression. Like Manny has not changed much moving forward since years back. And even watching his last fight, he still makes similar mistakes that he's made years ago. And this is the reason why I think Floyd's going to be able to control him with a check hook and slightly move into his left early in the fight with Manny coming forward towards him. Manny is an amazing fighter fighting backwards, and when you disrespect his power, his, his ascension through the ranks was from guys trying to walk him down, charge him down, think he was a smaller man, and they get caught with that little overhand right or that straight left, and he moves side to side, he gets in and out of you, and he knows how to counterpunch very well. When Manny moves forward, he still makes that same mistake when he ends up on one foot with that three-punch combination. And I just think he's tailor-made because of his size and his, the type of rhythm that he, that he gets into for Floyd to check hook, move to the left, check hook, move to the left. When he grabs him, walk him to the ropes, go to the body. I think the body shots is going to sap this smaller man's energy and he's going to be able to hit him with lead rights to disrupt his timing as well. I think the fight's going to look like a lot like Bernard and Tito. Everybody's going to have this anticipation of, of, of Manny getting Floyd in all these types of trouble, and Floyd's going to manhandle him because he's going to be stronger, he's going to be bigger, and he's going to be, smart, and, and, and he's going to be smarter. But like I've always said, I think it's going to be a TKO. Shout out to my man Kenny Bayless being the referee. Well, what you say? What you say? What is it going to be? 
It's going to be a 10-round TKO. I've been saying one, this one since more, 2006. One more, time, one more time for the record. Ten, the black hat is on. 10-round TKO. You want to see. They're going, I've been saying this. I've been saying this. It's funny. Poltergeist commercial five, just came on. I've been, saying, I've been saying this for five years. It's going to be a TKO in the 10th round. For the first time, for the first time, you're going to see a Manny Pacquiao that's a little tired. Because he's going to get manhandled on the ropes and he's going to be raping his body. He's going to be frustrated. He's going to get more and more reckless from the eighth <laughs> round on. From the eighth round on. And Floyd's going to hurt him. He's going to drop him. Man, he's going to get up. He's going to drop him again. Then in that, 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 third, that third exchange, Kenny's going to be like, you know, he's going to hug him and say, God bless him or whatever. He's going to stop the fight. Ten-round TKO Floyd Mayweather. Everybody's telling me, Floyd ain't hurt nobody in so long. This guy is small. This guy is small, and that's what people's taking out of the equation. He's too small. Floyd's reach, his size, his strength, and the fact that he's going to be telling me for the check hook with the Uh-oh. three-punch combination where he ends up on one foot at the end. He throws the right, the left, the right. He ends up on one foot, and that's how he's going to get caught. And that's your story you're sticking to it. I've been saying this story, man. Go back right. to the tapes. I said this when okay. I was in the hotel. We already know that. So it's only right that I call the only person that can rebut you. Since you're calling out, you're calling out uh, stoppages here, and you're calling KOs, and there's only one person I know. TKO, TKO, shout out to All right, so there's one person here that I know loves loves not knock out more than anybody else, and and we all know he's he's a he's an advocate for for Manny Pacquiao, so. I want to call him my brother, Big Mike, and I want him to state his case and rebut you. Well, just just in response to uh, Sleep, Sleep is correct. He's been saying it since 2010, I think even before that, that Floyd Mayweather destroyed Manny Pacquiao. And the thing about Sleep and his prediction since 2010 and, and earlier to that, he says the same thing, that he's too small. Oscar, he's too small. Uh, Cotto, he's too small. And I think Oscar yeah. and Cotto said it best last night that, that or Shane, I'm sorry, uh, that the, the size of Manny Pacquiao is very deceptive because although he looks small and he looks easily, uh, you know, you could easily dominate him, his long arms and his power just, it just like overwhelms you. The thing I'm 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 con- I'm not concerned, but the thing I hear most is that the Mayweather camp. A lot of people in the Mayweather camp were talking about that he's going to knock Manny Pacquiao out. And uh, one of the things that uh, that that we've seen in the Mayweather in, in later years, uh, whether it be the brittleness of his hands or just his style of fighting, that Mayweather is sort of knockout adverse. And so when you hear that, that Mayweather is going to get, Mayweather is going to knock Manny Pacquiao out, I'm just anticipating uh, a whole different approach from, from Floyd Mayweather. And I think everybody is expecting from Mayweather to do the shoulder roll, to just stand in the pocket and just throw counters. But I think he's going to come out, and I think he's going to come out real aggressive. I think it's going to be a shock. And I also think that Manny Pacquiao is not is going to be out of character as well. And these are the things that I don't want to see. I don't want to see 
Manny Pacquiao giving him too, too much respect like Chino did in the second fight with Mayweather, and it would become a boring fight. But if Manny Pacquiao sticks to Manny Pacquiao, as Algeri said, I see that Mayweather is probably going to get touched the canvas for the first time at least two or three times. Um, and Manny Pacquiao is going to go to a unanimous decision. I think that this fight is going to surprise a lot of people because I think this fight is going to be a lot easier for Manny Pacquiao than people think. I really do. I think the likes of a Marquez and those four fights, will probably be the toughest fights that Manny Pacquiao would ever have in his life. I think this fight is easier than that. I think this fight is a lot easier than that to him, just because of the styles of the fighters. Uh, and I'm I'm just, uh, I, 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 I believe that we're going to see an early knockdown, and then I, see, I think we're going to see some late-round knockdowns, if not one or two more. And then I think Manny Pacquiao is going to have a unanimous decision. I think people are going to be shocked and amazed how Floyd is going to get handled this this Saturday night. So you, and, in your uh, opinion, I'm sorry, I was uh, going to say, in your opinion, the way he's going to perform, it would totally eliminate the possibility of a rematch, huh? I think it's going to. If I think I think it's going to totally uh, eliminate the possibility of a rematch. Um, I think that uh I think um that they will have another I think they will have another fight. People will say it'll be an off night for Floyd, but I think in actuality Floyd he don't have nothing for this kid and I think Floyd knows that and I think that was uh the reason why Floyd avoided that fight for so long. And I think the fans are right. I think I, I think this is a a forty a $400 million fight for a reason. This is going to be a good fight. I have never, ever seen Manny Pacquiao in a boring fight. I've seen Floyd in dozens, but I've never seen Manny Pacquiao in a boring fight before. And to put these two guys together, um, to put these two styles together, is just going to be uh, a masterful night. Everybody's going to get their money for it. So, here, I recorded this. You got Manny Pacquiao, and you you got you got him possibly knocking Floyd down. Floyd touching the canvas maybe two or three times, and your prediction is a unanimous decision. So I'm gonna keep track of it. Ud. So uh, I want to call someone else to uh, that to rebut what you're saying, and I'm gonna call on our on on Ryder Die, who we all know is. Uh, <laughs> 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 it would it wouldn't be why it wouldn't be GYGB with the. And oh, everybody, oh, every, and, and, and just so I can say this, everybody will have a, a chance. We're going to go back to each other, you know, and let everybody speak after everybody gets a chance to give the predictions. So, R.O.D., you're up next, brother. So, first of all, um, one of the things I don't like to do um, when we look at fights, and just bear with me and as, as I go through this, is I hate look. I hate when people compare common opponents. I just feel like, you know, because on one hand we can all say, oh, look at what, Man, he did, and then we say, oh, well, look at how he struggled here. So I kind of like just kind of make, just kind of throw them out and just look at them as what Roberto said in terms of who they are in general, in their totality. So with that being said, you know, I think that when we look at it, um, I want to rebuttal something. Actually, this is going to sound crazy that Sleep has said earlier, and I was thinking about it. I actually had to look it up. Uh, sleep. Madonna 
is the same height as well as Kodo in stature as Manny Pacquiao. They're just, you know, those guys are just a little bit more thicker and sturdier. Way heavier. Way heavier. Way heavier. But I'm just saying, like, when you look at it, like, Manny Pacquiao is 5'6 and a half. Madonna's 5'7. Kodo's 5'7. The difference is Madonna has a 69-inch reach. Kodo has a 67-inch reach. All different styles. Kodo a running back. He a running back. We saw him in person. You know what I mean? Right. But no, no, but what I'm saying is that I don't want you to think that Foy hasn't fought anybody that's small because he, he has. He's fought Madonna, who was that height. I don't want to cut you off, but you know what I mean. This guy is small, and, and I'm talking about we talk, when we talk about size and boxing, it don't really have to do with height. We're talking about their girth and their weight and their strength. That's mainly where I was going with that. All right. All right. I just, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I had to look it up. I had to really look it up myself. But, um, I'm picking, you know, I go back and forth, you know, there's some things I look at with history. It makes me think about Holmes and Spinks, you know, and, and how Floyd wants to break this record. And then I kind of like say, ah, oh, you know what, I know better. Then I think about how, you know, um, Oscar basically gave Trinidad a boxing lesson or how Chavez really lost to Pernell Whitaker and, Neither one of those things materialized. So I just want to let you know that that ponders in my head. But all things being fair and equal, I'm going to pick Floyd Mayweather. And I'm always going to go with, you know, the boxer beats the, the puncher. And, and here's the reason why. Um, when I look at it, boxing is more, you know, chess, you know, not checkers. You know, you know, boxing was made on the gentleman's sport and adapting. A lot of people think that, you know, Manny's just going to come in and just be the Tasmanian devil that we see on Bugs Bunny and just pressure him, be this whirlwind. And to be honest, one of the things we both know is that Floyd can fight going backwards. Floyd can handle pressure. And, you know, that type of pressure that Manny puts on him is going to be no different from what he's seen before. You know, the problem is is that 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 I'm really having is that the shoulder roll. The shoulder roll you know, Docs and I sat in the, in the Starbucks cafe for like an hour just watching fights, you know, and just looking at stuff and analyzing this about two months ago. And, you know, to be fair and to have fair balance, Doc said the shoulder roll is going to work against the southpaw. And I said, I don't think so. I just, to me, the way it is, it just, I don't see Floyd really blocking those lefts as as much. He's going to really, like, get outside of them and kind of twist Manny. So, you know, that's a little adjustment that he's going to make on that because Manny is faster than some of the southpaws or just, you know, maybe a little bit faster than Zab. I don't know what you guys think, but he's just as fast or faster than a lot of southpaws, he thinks. I think that the one thing Manny does is when we talk about adjusting, he makes mistakes. He lunges a lot. He's off balance. He's susceptible to lead right hands. Um, he makes a lot of mistakes. And people think that, you know, volume is going to win this fight. Well, I'll go to any sport. If you can score a lot of points but you can't defend, you're in a whole heap of trouble. You know, so I just wonder what's going to happen when he takes these chances versus someone being calculated. It's almost like, you know, when you're sitting around and you have one of these crazy animals and they don't even know they're being trapped. I think that Floyd going to set a lot of traps for him. He's not even going to know he's going to be trapped and he getting trapped and he might walk into something. Um the other thing I'm looking at is, you know, 
a lot of the times when people get up and up and on, they're like, oh, you see how Madonna hit him? It was one punch. You see how Shane Mosey hit him? One punch. His legit knockdown against Zab Judah. You know, he did get knocked down. His glove touched the canvas. But after all those one punches, everybody's oohing and on about one punch. He's adjusted and whooped it behind. And this is what I'm talking about when you talk about fighters, boxers versus fighters. These guys make adjustments. I don't know if Manny has made an adjustment after that Juan Manuel Marquez fight. I don't know if Freddie has given him any adjustments. I think all Manny knows is what Manny knows, and that's just, you know, to come forward. When I look at different fighters such as Amir Khan, how Freddie Roach gave him that style, and that style tend to be bad. It got him knocked out. When he, you see him with Virgil now, he fights a totally different style. He fights intelligently. I just think that, you know, Freddie hasn't given him a style to adjust. I don't think Manny has adjusted. Therefore, you know, I'm picking Floyd Mayweather because, you know, all things being fair and equal, you know, I feel like he has the fundamentals to beat a Manny Pacquiao. And I think he's going to be – it's going to be some guy that's going to be taking chances versus somebody that's very much more calculated. What's your prediction? Floyd Mayweather by majority decision. Majority decision, is there a possibility of a rematch? I guess if you do majority decision, there's a possibility of I mean, a rematch yeah, in it, your it, opinion. It could, yeah, it could be a rematch. I just think there's going to be a lot of close rounds. I don't think I think there's going to be a lot of close rounds. I think, you know, I mean, thank God that C.J. Ross is not here. But, you know, but, I mean, I think it's just going to be a lot of close rounds, a lot of swing rounds. But I think ultimately, you know, the well-placed punches are going to, the well-placed, accurate punches are going to outdo the crazy volume punches in the defense as well. So that's just my opinion. Fair assessment. Um, thank you for your insight. Uh, we're going to go to uh, the brother, the king, the good brother from Westeros. Is he in the My building? lord? My lord? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yes, so, I'm here. And I'm back on my ish again, too. You know, I'm back drinking coffee. So that cool, calm, introspective dude that y'all got a couple of weeks ago, you're not going to get that in the next coming uh, seconds. Go ahead, Doc. So I, I, want, I want my brother trained. So you, you've had some, uh, some insight from the team. You know, you, you got everybody split. You got two, two of the team members are picking Manny, two team members are picking Floyd. I want you to come in and give me some perspective and let me know what your pick is. Very good assessments by my, my brethren. Um, let me just say this real quick. You know, I was the captain of – I actually dubbed the free Silence Beat Violence. That's my hashtag. You go on Instagram, Silence Beat Violence, I started that. I always felt Floyd Mayweather was the best fighter that i ever seen since Pernell Whitaker. I still believe that, actually. I thought Manny Wackyow, excuse me, Manny Pacquiao, which I used to call him Manny Wackyow, I thought he was a fighter that comes straight forward and throws six straight shots. Now he got with Freddie Roach, you know, when we was while we were, uh, you know, start you know, uh, doing our Garja Girl boxing bid, and you know he worked on his footwork, but he still made a lot of the same mistakes. He still walked into right hands. He still left his feet lunging into punches. Um, Floyd Mayweather, on the other hand, as we know, is the ultimate uh, thinker, the ultimate adjuster. Um, but unfortunately, 
you know, Mother Nature, Father Tom, it sets in on all of us. Now, it's going to seem like I'm jaying where I'm going with this, but I have to be fair and lay out everything on the table when I give my prediction here. Now, I heard my man Sleep say about the size factor. Now, and I don't know if Big Mike or Roberto, I forget who said what Shane said about how it's deceptive to look at Pacquiao's size. And it's the banana in the tailpipe. Everybody, I can't believe that everybody falls for the same trap about Manny Pacquiao's, uh, Pacquiao's size. Here's why you can't. Why size doesn't matter with this guy. Pacquiao is not a ragdoll like Canelo Alvarez or Victor Ortiz or Guerrero. He's not sitting there for Floyd to throw him around on a rope. That's not happening. You go through all his fights, you will rarely see him being clinched and thrown around. You know why? Because one thing he does really well, he moves laterally. He moves side to side. And he's little. He's a little slippery guy. Football analogy, Rick uh, uh, Darren, Darren Sproles, he hit the holes nice because he's little. He's hard to tackle. He's low to the ground. Pacquiao's the same way as far as the clinching goes. Floyd, again, he has a beautiful right hand. That's his money punch. Uh, we all know from previous fights that's Floyd kryptonite. I mean, I mean uh, Pacquiao's kryptonite. I don't want to compare a common folds because I know that's a cardinal sin. So what I'm going to do is flip the script on it because most people always like to compare the Marquez fight and say, oh, well, Marquez handled Floyd. So, I mean, handle Pacquiao, so Floyd to do the same. He's a counterpuncher. Floyd's a counterpuncher to the next level. Here's the one difference, though, folks. Yes, Uncle Coltrane's here. I'm going to school y'all right now. Sit on my lap, and I'm going to tell you a story. Mark, one thing about Marquez, he went through fire hoops to beat uh, Pacquiao. Even though I had him winning pretty much all those fights, he got a broken nose. He got dropped a bunch of times, meaning that he gave his body up to get his shots off. And when he knocked Pacquiao, he stepped into his punch. When you step into punches, you leave yourself on the island. When you leave yourself on the island, you leave yourself the vulnerability. My man R.O.D. said it great. He said it elegant, elegantly about how when you hit Floyd with one shot, you're not going to hit him with a second shot. You know why? Because Floyd doesn't leave himself open. You know, once you, hit, once you, get, hit, once you get hit with one shot, he's even gone or he's going to lock you up. Now, the difference with Pacquiao is Pacquiao punches come from angles. You know he throws that, 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 that wicked left hand that he likes to throw, but it comes off a of feint. All these guys that Floyd's been fighting, they've been straightforward punchers. Other than Madonna, who threw some looping wild punches that Floyd can't really account for, but he doesn't have the work rate that Pacquiao has. So the same way my brothers are saying it's going to be interesting, interesting to see pa uh, Floyd uh, – excuse me, Pacquiao deal with Floyd's science, it's going to be interesting to see Floyd deal with a dude – with the foot speed and the work rate that Pacquiao has. Now, one thing I can say about Pacquiao, if you start hitting him, you will slow him. He, he does he teeter off a little bit. But, but one thing about him also is the way he is in the second and third round, he's like that in the 10th and 11th and 12th round. None of them dudes are like that that fully for it. None of them. By the sixth, even Madonna in that second fight, like Big Mike said, he, was, he, he checked out. He mentally checked out of the fight. You know, once them dudes start getting countered, they check out. We all know this about Pacquiao. Floyd's going to have to kill him on May 2nd. And unless Floyd is going to get in that alley, you know, he got to get in that alley, in, in my opinion, if he's going to convincingly beat uh, Pacquiao, he got to get in that alley at least two or three rounds in order to get a decisive victory. Because if not, just keep in mind, I just want everybody out there that's, that's listening to remember something. And I'm not trying to be smart. 
Madonna was able to get, uh, win seven rounds against Pacquiao, and, I mean, against Floyd in that first fight. You mean to tell me, and I go back to the Joe Calzacchi and Bernard Hawkins fight when Joe Calzacchi was hitting the elbows and everything else, you can't, Pacquiao can't win six rounds? And we all know when it's a close fight, they always give the swing round to the busier fighter. I just believe that Pacquiao's work rate, Floyd's lack of work rate, and his lack of movement, because I don't buy this BS about Floyd making fights exciting. I think he stops and take these laws because he has to. Case in point, he brought in a reason for his camp to work on his stamina. He's getting older, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Father Tom sets in. He's 38 years old. So I just – and Pacquiao, he's a little bit longer in the two, too. I just think he got a little bit more left. And not saying that Floyd is old when he's done, the work rate of Floyd – I mean, a Pacquiao is going to sway these judges. He's going to win seven rounds to five. And there will be a rematch, no doubt about that. But Pacquiao is going to win this decision. It's going to be a split decision, but Pacquiao is going to win. That's my prediction. One more time for the record. Pacquiao is going to win a split decision strictly solely off more work rate. There will be no throwing him around in this fight. This, 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 this is a story. This is a story. The guy who used to lead the pom pom on team floor. <laughs> he just went. Hey, just look, went. man. It's all about the styles, Doc. That's all this is about for me. <laughs> Nothing personal. Strictly styles. So, well, let, let me offer some perspective here because we don't have one of our other uh, other contributors, which is Corey, who normally uh, chimes in on a lot of our fights. He's also picking. Uh, Manny Pacquiao and, and and his his pick has similar parallels to what you and Big Mike have been talking about and some of what Roberto said. So it, it encompasses a lot of what you guys said. So uh, it's no secret that this weekend we have is one of the one of the biggest weekends in the sport. Just in, just in sports in general. If you like basketball, you have the NBA playoffs. If you like Football, you have the, uh, the the NFL draft. If you like baseball, you have um, Yankees versus Red Sox this weekend. And also, another one major event that we cannot ignore is the Kentucky Derby that's taking place. And as and, and such as the Kentucky Derby is, the favorite never wins the race. It's a quarter mile. And usually the, 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 the front-running horses never really win. It's always a horse. That doesn't that doesn't really care for for you know run to run in the front. It always comes comes from behind. And it's always like that long shot horse in the home stretch and always steals it. Right. So what I'm gonna say to you is this: everybody's looking at Manny Pacquiao as as the guy who has all these great intangibles. And Sleep said something the other day that was very interesting. He said Manny Pacquiao, when we were talking about in terms of confidences. It really doesn't matter to Manny because Manny will always do Manny, whether he just whether he's discouraged or not. He's going to always be him, and that's the one thing you can count on, my, on Manny to be consistent. He's going to give you the same intensity. He's going to attack. He's going to press. He's going to do the things that make Manny Manny. And for that simple fact, I I, I favor Floyd. I think Floyd is the one guy. I was having a conversation with Rod or Die in terms of what makes somebody confident. We're not talking about arrogance. We're talking about confident. I say. Preparation, preparedness breeds confidence because 
those moments when you feel like you have to pull, when you have to really adjust and make change, changes and, and implement a different type of strategy, being well prepared is, is what's going to give you the conviction to be able to implement those changes. And when we're talking about this one fight right here. We've seen what happened to Floyd when Floyd has fought guys who, who had tremendous speed and power and had given him problems early, which I said from the jump. We're going to see Floyd get tested on like he's ever seen before for about three or four rounds. Who do I have more confidence in moving forward? I believe the man who can make the better adjustments, the man who is who prepares for all the different uh, possible scenarios in the ring. I believe no matter what the hell Manny prepares for, he will always be matched. I think you can. I think Floyd is one guy. That, that prepares for the, it's only three seconds left and we had the 20. Do we run or do we pass? Like Floyd prepares for all those possible scenarios. It's .1 second left on the shot clock and we down by two. Do we take three or do we take two and go to the line or do we tie it and go to overtime? He has so many different scenarios to me that will allow him to be able to adjust and adapt to a lot of the things that may happen, you know, come fight night. So, my opinion, I favor Floyd to win by, and I, and I and I say this, it may be tongue in cheek and, and and full of cynicism because I know I've seen stranger things happen in the sport of boxing, but I've seen Floyd squeaking by and getting a, a split decision, and we will see a rematch because if Mike says the economics of this fight is such that it may be the first four hundred million dollar fight, I can see a rematch. But aside from the, the cynical stuff that, you know, that I'm throwing out there. I just feel like Floyd has enough tools to be able to overcome a lot of the stuff that Manny's going to hit him with and throw at him, whether, you know, he decides to get old overnight. I just feel like there's too much, it's too much uh, acquired chemistry in him. You know, he's, he's too much science, you know, too much, too much adaptability. And you have one guy who's a, 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 a lightning bolt, that can really give you problems, but at the same time, he's been figured out before. And I'm not going to talk about he's been stopped and he's been knocked out and look what happened when he fought Marquez. And then look what happened when he, you know, after Marquez, he got his, he got his swagger back. And he was able to run through these other guys. And nah, we just, we just know that he's been figured out in the past. And when he's been figured out, we've seen how those, how those fights ended in the past. So my pick is, is Floyd Mayweather Jr. by split decision. So, that being said, uh, floor is open to anybody that wants to debate some of these uh, predictions that we put forth here on, 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 on the, on the you know DYGB. I, 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 I have something to say real quick. Um, <laughs> I want to I address uh, what, what Coltrane said. Um, I, I like the, the parallel with Marquez and being that Marquez was Pacquiao's greatest nemesis um, you're right. He had to go through hell with gasoline draws on it, that, you know, to get those victories over him and all, you know, and, uh, we never seen anybody just come out and just like trash, um, Manny packed out North of 135. And, uh, and so this is going to be a really interesting fight because I know a lot of people are predicting a lot of like real boxing officiados are, predicting that this fight is just going to be a very easy walk for Floyd. And just based on 
all of the evidence, the X's and O's, all of the past fights of the old fighters, I just don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening, not unless he comes out and hurt Manny bad early. I just don't see that happening. And uh, and the, the thing I'm, I thought about was, you know, Marquez, Marquez. And I know Bradley easily beat Marquez. And, you know, arguably uh, Pacquiao handled Bradley both times. And uh, so we know we all know no styles make fight, but I never thought about the situation why Marquez he was so successful against Pacquiao, but he really all of his fights he had to get dropped a couple times, and he had to really just really get beat up to really even make it competitive for that last fight even went because of the last fight he fought Pacquiao he was he was down in the card so. Um, to your point, that was an excellent point, and I'm just gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna use that. To, <laughs> I'm gonna use that debate because I'm I'm debating on three other levels on three other social social issues with this, and uh, it's always the same. It's just the majority of people who are really picking Floyd that really have such an easy fight. They're thinking Madonna first fight was going to be a more compelling fight than this one, and I, I I'm you know I I respectfully I disagree. I want to say something. Yeah. Um, I want to say I ride a dog. Yeah, I I was just saying that, you know, this is why, you know, with sports, I hate doing comparisons when you have two people playing or fighting each other because I just think that, you know, it's just you it's hard to really gauge what's going to, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you got to kind of judge people for who they are. I hate doing the whole Marquez thing, you know, four times. I hate doing that. I hate doing that. I, I just think it's so unfair to both fighters. But the one thing I will say that a lot of these old heads say is that, you know, you've been knocked out before, you know, you're, you're definitely thinking about that in the back of your head, you know. And I'm not saying Floyd, first of all, Floyd would be dumb if he comes in and not fights like Floyd Mayweather. I'm sorry. Like, I, I wanted to say that, and I, and I kind of cut myself early for the sake of time, but he would be very dumb if he comes in there like, you know, like Mayorga and just comes in there and just starts slinking. Like, he, that would be dumb. Like, if he's going to come in there and do that, he, he's, he's dumb. But if Floyd fights like Floyd, he'll definitely be fine. The other thing I'm going to say, too, is that what we forget – and Nassim Richardson said this, is that it looks so easy, but Floyd actually makes people fight his fight. He reduces people to being reluctant to throw, you know, for some strange reason. When you start looking at different fights, and once you guys start looking at fights, you know, people start counter having punch, It's the counterpunching. Yeah. Da da, it's the counterpunching. Yeah, he makes people say, you know what, I'm getting caught with this bull crap. I don't know how I'm getting caught. I'm not going to do that anymore. And, you know... It's just little subtle things that we're that we're missing. Now, the the other thing is that, you know, what I want to say to Big Mike is that a lot of people are not picking Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people are picking Manny Pacquiao. The odds have decreased too, so a lot of people are picking Manny Pacquiao. I mean, I don't know if it's the social thing, you know, which you know, if you read our old post from you know Friday, has nothing to do with boxing. But a lot of people have actually turned their tide and said, hey, you know. I don't know if it's more or less I think Manny's going to win, talking about other people, or they want Manny to win. But those those odds have drastically decreased since the last time we we brought up this fight. I, and, I uh, think that has to do with the gambling. That's the betting right of die. 
That's yeah. because the odds are better for Manny Pacquiao. If he wins, then the money is better. That's all that is. But technically speaking, everybody's safe. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is is that, and I want to point this out. I know we were talking about Madonna, and I was talking to Coltrane um, yesterday, and he agreed, even though he's picking Pacquiao, a lot, when we look at Madonna, let's not forget, Madonna has a 95% knockout ratio. He's knocked down every one he's fought except Floyd Mayweather. So all of a sudden, Floyd get hit with a good shot at the end of the round, and he's old now. You know, it's just kind of stuff like that that I'm just like, come on, y'all. Like, this guy knocked down everybody. He knocked down everybody he fought. This guy has a 95% knockout ratio. It's yeah, but at, one, at 140, at 140, respectfully, it, it, RB. Come on. No, it doesn't. I mean, not at, not at 47. <laughs> but it, 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 you know, again, it's it just one of those things, man, when you just look at it and you and you sit there, you know, you're like, ooh. I mean, if you hit hard, you hit hard. It's the bottom line, man. And he And people carry their power up. The bottom line, people carry their power up. He carried it north. He hit him with a good shot, and it was one shot. And after that, what happened? Nothing. So I don't, and you know, I don't want to get too much. As I said, I don't like comparing fights. Let's just look at people for who they are because you go back and forth. And I can start bringing up the Eric Morales fight, which nobody talked about. What happened when Manny started getting pressed? You know, he started really looking real ordinary. But I'm leaving that aside I'm not because we'll be here forever. And I'm just going to deal with the here and now. The here and now is that I think that I think that the winner, the ultimate winner, are the fans, the promoters. You know, hopefully it's a it's a great fight. You know, hopefully we can. There won't be any riots afterwards with people burning up. Well, well, I was just reading online that uh, MGM MGM will be closed unless she's staying in there. I think the security is like really. They probably had like the uh, the army brigade that for this week. Yeah, yeah let me, let me, I wanted to say that's that. That's it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. All right. Um, first of all, I I don't think Floyd's going to get a decision. I, the narrative that's being written prior to this fight is absolutely disgusting. Now, I I get the whole. Thing. Oh yeah, we ain't getting into oh, that. That's yeah. That's I, get, a good point. I get. Yeah. I get the whole thing about you know Floyd plays the villain. He chose. I don't know which pill in the in you know in the movie which was the which was the bad route. We all heard about the the mythical plane ride, which I'm starting to think is folklore. Sugar Ray Leonard, somebody else on the plane. We do this, we do it. You know, that's prior. That's probably made up. Yeah. So we all know. Floyd. It keeps growing the story. Somebody else is on yeah. the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else is on the plane. My my leader yeah. back. Don't do it. Bro. You know. <laughs> you know, so we all know Floyd chose the pill to play the villain because in order to sell a fight properly, you got to have a good guy and a bad guy. I get that. Floyd gets on TV. He displays his character, which he admitted is a character. When he made whether it's a character that he made up after Pretty Boy Floyd, the rich guy, the flowing guy, the arrogant guy, he displays his character. That's one thing. The other thing that's going on in the, in the efforts of ESPN, the way they're displaying Floyd, then in contrast, the way they're displaying Manny Pacquiao, it's, it's, gets, it's crossing the line in my eyes. Then, on first take, where I'm really starting, and I saw it today, I think Carrie may have been a victim of, of you know, domestic abuse. Because, yeah, she was asleep because yeah, when the young, uh, Ray Rice thing came around, she was. I remember she right. like kind of. She's very, she's very, very, she's very. You know, she's adamant about you know that issue, and you know they they poke fun here and there. But today, for some odd reason, I don't know why the cameraman did it to her. 
They broke to commercial and put the camera on her, and she was absolutely disgusted. Like her, it was it was just such a lack of professionalism in my eyes. Like I get it, I get it, and if she'd been through it, I get it. But they put that camera on her. What do you mean she was disgusted from them talking no, about Mayweather? They were, they were like, I, they was talking about Mayweather, and and and, and um, Stephen A. Smith was basically like, you know, the fight will still go on because they were saying how he refuses to respond to the questions of domestic abuse, which is oh yeah 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 that dude was on earlier to ask him the question. He was on right. earlier. Right, so, you know, she was saying that, and then Stephen A. Smith was like, look, I'm still going to be at the fight. Everybody's still going to watch the fight. And she got okay. upset about uh-huh. it. And then they went to commercial, but they showed her panning to commercial. And I, she didn't know the camera was on her. And she was disgusted, like, the, the look on her face. But what it's doing is creating this narrative that Floyd is this beast and this horrible person. And then in contrast, you show Man, he rising from the ashes of poverty <laughs> and being this savior. So in that in that perspective, it's kind of like tainting the jury to a certain degree. And I truly wholeheartedly believe Floyd ain't getting no decision because the money's in the rematch. And Floyd can very well, 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 yeah, well, Floyd can very well if he dominates or beat this guy. Say, I ain't got, I don't have to fight him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Especially if they're not on his terms. So I don't think Floyd's getting a decision at all. That's why I've always picked the knockout. And the way they're spinning this, leading up to it, the whole half the world, three-quarters of the world is going to be rooting for Manny Pacquiao. They painted Floyd it, as this villain. And it's not, it's not going to help the fact that Floyd will start slow and he will, he's going to give away some early mm-hmm. rounds. So he's going, to, he's going to find himself between a rock and a hard place where he's either going to have to shut Manny down for the last uh, eight, seven rounds or like you say, he's going to have to stop him. So it's going to be really tough. But at the same time, you know, me being cynical, Floyd does contribute to the economy of Las Vegas. So that's his city. You go into the MGM Grand, and they're saying there's memorabilia all over the place for that going to be called Floyd Museum, you know. So, But he's leaving. <laughs> but he's leaving, Docs. He's leaving. So that last fight is key. You know what I'm saying? The last fight is key. So he's leaving. The cash cow's leaving. They got to make sure that fight happens. He's uh, so not winning the decision. Well, Birdie. I know I know everybody talks about Floyd as a victim of the media, but a lot of the you know the harem, the weed smoking, a lot of that stuff he brings on himself. I mean, just to be quite honest, I mean that's the road he wanted to play. I think fundamentally he's a nice guy. I think he's a respectable guy, but I mean that's 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 the role he chose. So. I mean, you, you, in times like this, it, it's going to come back. If you chose that role to be able to portray that, to have your grandma cursing on national TV, smoking weed, having a harem full of chicks, I mean, it's going to come back to you somehow like that. I mean, I there were people in the business community, like at Warren Buffett, like, yo, what's wrong with you? Why are you on the, floor? Why are you on the TV with this clown, you know? And uh, but but that's that's the road he chose, and you know what? To him, it was a, it was a smart road because people don't they don't pay they don't pay for his fights to see him win. They pay for those fights to see him lose. Somebody to beat him, and uh, and he's he's um, he's he's been able to get people to pay for fights whether they want him to win or whether they like him or they hate him, and you know that's unusual. And you know, but that's that's what he chose. So when they they bring those type of stories up on ESPN, and they make it the good versus evil, I mean, they give in the media what the media does best. The media uh, are very lazy 
and they don't do their homework. They like to more to pick more of the sensational story rather than the real story. And uh, and and unfortunately, um, you know that's what happens. But all of them have a past. Manny Pacquiao has a past. He's done things in his marriage. I mean, it's, he's he's got tax troubles. You know, so you know they, none of none of them are are you know are nobody nobody's working with a clean slate. But that's the that's the that's the life. He can't choose that life and then feel like a victim because that life comes back to bite him in the end. I mean, it's just, he's going to get almost close to two hundred million dollars for this fight personally, um, and, and you know, and that was that was a masterful career of picking the right type of opponents to to to, to basically have a personality that would make people either hate you or love you, and uh, and he's done very well. We can't be mad at that, but at the same time, we can't come back and defend when that type of choice of his career comes back and bite him. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just like World Wrestling Federation. I mean, you want to either be a bad guy or a good guy. I mean, you know. And, nah, that's a great, great point. So I'm just, oh, great point. I'm just going to say uh, I would expect, and you can't even say you expect the media or you expect a professional journalist to look at, you know, the intangibles for what they are or not. But you're, but you're absolutely correct. I just want. I want to say this. I follow to that point. I don't think that. I don't think it's going to be. Um, Al Heyman has carefully picked the judges. Al Heyman has carefully kept um, uh, our friend Bob Arum out of the selection process for everything. So, in my opinion, I, I, I think Manny has to either win undisputedly, or he has to knock him out to be able to win because. Al Heyman has done a good thing. A lot of people don't understand. Al Heyman is really involved in a lot of behind the scenes. And I know personally with the ticket issues that's going on, this ticket fiasco that goes on sale two weeks before the fight, it's a whole Al Heyman production and his control. And so, you know, a lot of what's going to go on on May 2nd and May 3rd, um, as far as the judges, as far as the referees, as far as all of the looks of everything, it's controlled by Al Heyman. And Al Heyman wants another $450 million payday. And he's going to probably do everything he can to steer it that way. And so that's one thing that nobody's talking about. Al Heyman has kept Bob Arum out. He just signed Bob Arum's deal like, like last week. So Bob, Har- Bob Arum hasn't had any say and any of the selections that's been going on with the production of this fight, although he's named as a producer, um, um, a promoter, he hasn't been involved at all. It's basically been Al Heyman. I want to I want to go back to something that that E said. We talked about before. I know we're going we're going to spend we're going to go in, into a different direction. I don't want us to lose track of that conversation. But what what Sleep said was just basically how he was disgusted with the way that this you know, with the way the media portrayed it. And it was tactically done. You know, when I think about, you know, um, the first time I seen something like this, it was the second time. The first time it was Jerry Cooney and Larry Holmes. The first, t- the second time was when Sugar Ray Leonard moved up and, cha- and challenged Donnie Lalonde, uh for the light heavyweight belt. And what happened was Leonard was trying to win another de- belt in another division, you know, he had recently had some trouble with his, with his wife, Juanita. But the funny thing about it was, you know, I guess he was still the golden child. But Daniel Lalonde, his whole story was, 
you know, he was abused as a child. So then he was fighting for all the abused children in America. You know, he had to wear this patch, and it was a feel-good story for, you know, the kind of like the David and Goliath type of thing. And I just and I and to me, when I being a, a youth at that time, just watching boxing, I realized the power of the media. And it's unfortunate, man, when you have situations, um, when we put up that post, and you have situations when everything else matters but a fight. I don't care if a person puts this stuff on them or not. This personal stuff has nothing to do with a fight. What Manny Pacquiao did in his past, you know, what Floyd Mayweather did in his past, has nothing to do with this fight. And then what happens is, even on even on our Instagram page, you know, we had to really ban some people for a lot of the racial comments they made because it has no place here for the fight. You know, the media has basically reduced us to being mindless numbnuts to say, you know what, choose sides based on race. With all this stuff that's going on in this world, you're going to choose sides based on race, okay? You go on YouTube, what's the first thing you read? Oh, Floyd is a monkey, you know, and all you all you blacks, you rooting for Floyd because of this. And that's not true because we got my brothers here that really think that Floyd are going to lose. You know, they they like Pacquiao. You know, and then there's some people that say, oh, well, he does this, he does that. You know, he's smoking, he's doing that. Well, we all know that Floyd said he doesn't smoke, and we all know that some of the stuff is is a trick. But when you look at Manny's stuff, he was doing the same thing, and nobody talks about it. And that's what I'm saying, like, I just think that this stuff is, like, kind of tactically done. It's unfortunate that, you know, we had to be re- reduced to picking sides. You know, it's come down to picking sides based off of colors, like we in some gang in L.A., you know, where you talk the majority of, you know, our counterparts, they picking, you know, everybody but Floyd. You know, you talk to everybody, like, they talk to a bunch of black comedians. They're like, oh, we want Floyd Mayweather to win. You know, and it's just stupid. Like, that's why I said... I get annoyed, and I say, yo, let's leave the shenanigans out of it. You know, here's a fight that deserves more attention than what their outside ring life does. Floyd has not been in any trouble in a year. Manny Pacquiao has basically turned his life around to the Lord and has not done the things that we've talked, you know, that everybody's talked about that consider, like, immoral. So why are these things coming up before the fight? They have nothing to do with it. There were people that were... And, you know, the day before the Super Bowl, they were out there tricking, getting hoes. No one talks about this stuff, you know. But everybody talks about this stuff. And these guys haven't done anything but just train. Floyd hasn't said anything besides the Muhammad Ali point to kind of give something for people to talk about. Freddie Roach has been taught being Freddie Roach. You know, let's just enjoy the fight. Let's talk, stop talking about stuff in the past that happened. I think if I start bringing up everybody's past, you guys are high, you know, all of us, not people on the call, but all of us are high behind a rock in a hard place and say, cut the film, you know, put, stop the video, you know. And I think that, you know, they deserve a bit of privacy, you know, from the, in that aspect. In the, in the past, you know, just a past, just based off of this fight. Let's talk about that stuff after the fight. Let's talk about Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this because I think this is very important and it has to be said because at the same time, we don't want to appear to be insensitive to issues that, uh, what may appear will keep making the sports team tone deaf. You know, you're talking about in an era where, you know, the NFL concussions are a big a big deal. For many years, they were very they were perceived as oh, if you know if you you know that's the mad thing to do. You know, Ronnie Lott 
broke his finger, and instead of going into the locker room and then going to the hospital to get his stone back on, he tore it off. And give me a give me a shot of uh, painkillers. I'm gonna get out there because this is the warrior thing to do. So you have these codes that we operate by that we can't really ignore now. You know the optics are totally different now in this era. You know you have a lot of different things where society has advanced to a place where now things that were uh, necessarily not spoken of, now they're being addressed. They're being in the forefront. And there's a lot of people that are complicit in what's going on with Floyd. I think Floyd, what has happened to him is that he has failed to show, like, he, you can control, you, you give things power by how you react to them. The fact that he hasn't shown, she's shown little remorse to what has happened in the past opens him up right now to everyone in the media making this a big front and center story, and I knew this was going to happen. I, I, I made you guys aware of these stories that were out there a while back, and the thing about it is that the commission could have actually stepped in and said, you know what, in all fairness of being transparent, here's the guy who committed a crime. He, he was tried in a court of law, and this is his sentencing. In accordance to how we govern by the, you know, according to the state, state of Nevada and our athletic commission, this is what we will do to make sure that he is punished for what he has done and we can move forward. They didn't do that, and now we're here. And the thing is, you can say what you can say. You, you can say what you want to say about it. It has, no, has nothing to do with, with the actual fight, and, you, and you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, Floyd's criminal record is not going into the ring with him on Saturday. Neither is Manny's accomplishments in, in the Bagal province going in. They're not, not going to follow him on, you know, into the ring on Saturday. But what you got to really understand is that for, in, in all fairness of being transparent, he has beat women. He has been convicted several times. He has created, and like when Mike said, he has done this to himself where you know, instead of instead of doing something to show that there he is a little bit sensitive to the issue and what he's done, he's you know taken to do an interview saying only God can judge me. Watch the fight on May second. So it, it, he appears tone deaf to these issues, and guess what? He's given the media more power. Him not addressing it and making it a non-issue is becoming a bigger issue. You know, and, and the sad thing is that it's going to be forgotten. After May second, you know that's how that's how we work. You know we're in a forty-eight hour news cycle, so these things will be immaterial after the fight. But what I'm saying is, he could have helped himself a little bit more if he understood the severity of what he did, rather than diminishing something so simple, something so dear to a lot of people, uh, people hold violence towards women in very high regard. You know, and he's diminishing that, and and you know, he who's to blame for that? He has to deal with that. He has to deal with these consequences right now. Um, it may not mean anything to a lot of people who follow the sports, but it means a lot to people out there who are in tune with the so-called biggest fight in the history of the sport of boxing, and probably the biggest sporting event we've had in years. So I don't know if uh, Roberta, do you have anything else to add before we start trying to uh, wrap this call up? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, with things like this, man, it's just, it's, it, it, I mean, it, it's kind of, you know, you a lot of you all, you know, touched on, on a lot of points, you know, I will mention, but it's, it's a point where they're adding, 
I guess, unnecessary drama to the fight. And and look, and we can't argue that Floyd's over the years hasn't been somebody who's been like the best um, uh, rebuttal, or he, he his rebuttals haven't been the greatest as far as what you would consider. Like, okay, well. He's either burying the hatchet or, you know, Floyd is Floyd, man. I mean, I, I think we can't lose touch of that. And it's kind of how he's been throughout his career. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, both with Manny and with, with Floyd, it's like I understand that the media, they need – it's like with everything, you know, like whether you're talking about sports, entertainment, politics, what have you, there has to be a spin. You know, there has to be some type of spin that they can attract an audience that, again, isn't um, either aware of Floyd's past, particularly because, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't think all any of us can argue that Floyd in this case is being portrayed as the bad guy as far as how they're kind of laying it out for you. So for them to talk about Manny's past, it kind of just, dilutes their whole agenda in the sense where, you know, they're trying to sensationalize what maybe isn't necessary to, to obviously us and really in general, anybody who, regardless if you talk about that, people are going to see this fight. And matter of fact, like there's been places in my area that never show boxing random spots that have signs outside, you know, $10 fee come in, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, in this week, and I was telling telling this to Coltrane, it's just like it's crazy that a it's fight week, but just the overall. And I saw it today on TV, and just talking to regular people, it's like I haven't seen this type of buzz like in year, like you guys are saying in years. And it's unfortunate that we see this. And and you know, speaking of uh, you know the whole the the whole ESPN first take situation. Like, I understand that, you know, her point of view in the whole nine, but it's kind of a mix of Floyd kind of, this is, you know, the character he built, and he's had his issues in the past, but social media on top of it polarizes you greater than it would have like 15, 20 years ago. So things that Floyd is doing are just like constantly in our face. So it's, unfortunate that it's going to be hard for him to kind of go away from it. But like, uh, like Doc was saying, I think come Saturday night, man, like it's not going to matter. And and I think the closer we get to the fight itself, I, I I just think people are going to be so in tune to like, damn, this, it's a reality. Like this fight is actually happening that it should, it's going to go like, people are going to forget about it At, at least in, in, in the immediate fashion. And, you know, by the time the fight's here, man, like, I, I don't think any of – really anybody in general is going to really care. Um, uh, at, at I understand. And that's a perfect segue, Docs, real quick, because this is very important, and I don't want to lose focus of this. This fight here will be the bridge. Where that bridge leads to, who the hell knows. But we know there's a bridge now. We don't know who's walking over that bridge. And what I mean by that is the the buzz for this fight, I mean, ES, I never saw them come boxing like this, you know. And when Tyson was fighting ESPN, was they, they were around, but they weren't the machine. I don't think people understand how important ESPN is in the realm of sports. You know, um, they're literally the worldwide leader in sport, as the, as the logo says. 
And they did so much coverage on this fight and so many different people. I never saw so many people just talking about the sport of boxing. Like everywhere you go, you hear people talking about this particular fight. And after this fight is over, 20, 30, however many years from now, we can all look back. Because we, we, we don't have, even though we grew up in the 80s, that technically was more of our fathers and our uncles. It was more of their generation and those early big, 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 huge mega fights. This is kind of the first one of modern-day era that ever existed, regardless of what happens in the fight. So where this, where this is going to take us for the sport-wise, for the sport long-term-wise, I think it's a it's a good thing for boxing. So I don't want that to get lost here because we needed this fight. We all talked about it. You know, this I know Doc, you was very adamant about the – you was one of the ones that kept saying this fight needs to happen if the sport is going to move on. I, I just wanted to touch upon that because that's it, it's important, and I don't want that to go unnoticed with all this other stuff that's going on. And, and the thing is that, you know what, that that's part of the sport. And I think when you look at the the 21st century, 24-7 – cable news networks that are out here, and you look at ESPN, when you look at the parallel between that and what ESPN does for the sports community, is a 24-hour cable sports news network. And they're going to cover everything across the entire spectrum of sports. It's such now that controversy is part of sports. You know what I'm saying? When When you look at the optics of the sport, you have the financial aspect of it when you're talking about collective bargaining agreements, free agency, endorsements, that's a big topic. When you're talking about the competitive aspects of the sports and, and the hierarchy of, you know, the legacy and you comparing players' historical value versus current values, you have all these things that dominate the talk shows in the morning and in the afternoons, and ESPN will have an entire day dedicated one topic, and you go from Mike and Mike, and then you go after you're done from Mike and Mike, you go on first take, and then you go on his and hers, talking about a same damn topic, you know, and that's something that's accepted. So controversy is the same thing. When you look at what happened with Ray Rice, it was front and center. You know, when you look at what happened with, uh, well, what's my man from, from the Panthers that's playing for Dallas now, playing for the Cowboys. Um... You know, and he just became a free agent with the Cowboys. Uh, had the guns. Happened, uh, Docs. What happened for the Cowboys? You said free the guy agent. The guy who was playing for Hardy. the Panthers. Greg yeah, Hardy. Hardy. Some of Hardy, the lineman. Yeah. Look at, yeah, look at Greg Hardy's situation. And I can find a lot of different things that are deemed controversial. And CNN is talking about it. And all and, and, and uh, TMZ is talking about it. And Deadspin is talking about it. And it's going to be front and center. So that's something that boxing has to get used to right now. You know, this floor story, yeah, they're going to talk about it. This is a pretty big deal. You know what I'm saying? He went to jail. He did his time. But there are a lot of other things that weren't covered. And you have shows like Outside the Line. And then, you you know, with Bob Lee, Bob Lee. And then you have Keith Olbermann, you know, front and center, really putting him on blast, talking about boycott the, boycott the fight. But, you know, this is America. You know, people have... Uh, their own unique perspective. They have their own opinions. We forgive and forget. We did it for years for a lot of our entertainers. We've done it for years for a lot of our, a lot of our athletes. You know, when it comes to Floyd, it's easy for him to be marginalized as the 
the guy that you want to hate now because of his antics and, and the way he carries himself and his very unapologetic behavior. So it's going to be easy for the Skip Baylesses of the world and, and, the, and, the, and the Mike Golics of the world to tell you, I don't like Floyd and have ninety percent the ninety percentile of middle America side with them. So that's something that he has to accept. It's gonna be there. It's part of the sport. It's part of the folklore. It's what happens now in the twenty fourth century of twenty four hour cable news networks and social media and instant in the in the instant tweeting and liking and sharing of content. So it's part of the sport whether we feel like is a material or is relevant or or is not pertinent, it's going to be there. So he created a situation. He has to deal with it. So um, I don't know if anybody else has anything else to add on to the topic. I'm ready to party. This. I'm ready to party. Yeah, it's going to be a party. great fight. Listen, man. Yeah, listen, I'm just ready to party. I think this fight is going to do a lot for our sport. You know, we've talked about it for years how, Boxing was on the on the decline, and and really you can kind of measure the value of a sport by how diverse the fan base is. And we were looking at boxing. Boxing yeah. uh, was boxing was looking a little bit long in the tooth because when you started looking at, at, at the sport, you had a lot of the, the demographic tended to skew a little bit on the older. Uh, 40, you know, 30, 35 and over crowd, which we know doesn't have prime targets for, you know, a lot of the sponsorships. You know, there were no women being attracted to the sport. There were no youth. There was no kind of uh, programs that were developing potential boxers, you know, to, to you know, come into the sport. So the, the sport was dying. So when we got this fight, it was somewhat of a lifeline to the sport. And then you guys saw how many fights in the last three months um, when the announcement was made with uh, with Al Heyman's uh, series on, on, on network TV, you started seeing so many competitive fights being made, and and now you, you're talking about a sport that is the leading story every morning on sports shows. So to me, I, I welcome this. I think it's great. Whether it ha- whether it comes with its negatives and its positives, I think this is great for the sport. Boxing is relevant again. It's in the in in, in the public psyche. It's being talked about. On all, across all media platforms is, is being discussed on social media, whether you you have people that we label as casuals or hardcore, you know, aficionados. I, I think that it's part of, a, of of the dialogue, and that's something the sport hadn't seen, you know, especially during a time when, you you know, you have the the championships at stake for some major sports. You know, something like the NFL draft that seems to be front and center every year is is taking a backseat to this weekend. So I think this is great, man. I'm really going to enjoy watching these fights with you guys, you know, and and this is the type of fight that you're going to say, where were you when Floyd and Manny fought on May May 2nd, 2015. So I'm really looking forward to it. Do you guys have anything else to add before we close out the show? I I just wanted wanted to jump into your last comment, Tal the economics and a lot of the social issues around the actual sport, I think they do matter now. Um, and yesteryear, maybe it was a, you know, maybe it was a second story, but I think all of these different pressures and issues sort of shape the fighters and make them out who they are 
And I think what comes out is what you see in the ring or on the football field on the basketball court. And not to say that we go into judging, but, um, you know, uh, we want to know what constructs, what, what is the, what is the, what deconstruct these type, these type of athletes and see what they're made of. And, and it's a, it's a way for us to, to really get inside their lives and to see what really comes out on the basketball court or the football field or in the boxing ring. So I think these, these issues do matter with regard to the personal attacks. I don't think there's no place for that. Um, just like in politics, but I think what goes into the people, I think these all access films and these documentaries are helpful in helping us to understand who these people really are. And I think that's important. What's that? So, uh, you, you guys feel like bringing it on home tonight? Yeah, I got something to say to Roberto before we, before we hang up. Okay. Where? Go ahead. Roberto. Yo. Let's go, champ. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, champ. champ. Let's go, champ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, everybody know what that's about, man. Yo, man, yo, but he, yo, but Ryder, yo, but Ryder Dyer sent, he, he sent me um this, <laughs> this video where, I mean, yo, this is the beauty about, the, like, you know, the the internet, and, 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 like, for funny shit like this. But, like, basically, you know, these people do these memes, and you could do these, like, gift pictures, but it's just, like, it, it's so funny how Shannon Briggs, now, my, I've met Shannon Briggs down here. Like, he lives in, for, in, in, uh, in Miami. And, yo, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, he is how he is, but it's almost funny that, He's a guy that we would have thought like forgotten at this point, but it's he's he's kind of like utilizing social media to literally just keep him so relevant with fighting. Like he fought what like a four round fight against like some nobody the other day, but uh, it's yeah. hilarious, man. Like that, like just a lot of oh my god, dude, that that should be ridiculous. <laughs> that, 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 that's definitely a far cry from the Shannon Briggs that was on the Fuji the uh, the Fuji second half. Oh, yeah, yo. Talking about he knocked <laughs> money in the Shannon Briggs and I knocked people out. And he got knocked up by Daryl Wilson not too long after that. Yo, <laughs> man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yo, to, 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 to like, my, my last, like, little thing about the, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, I I, I told I, – me and Coltrane were talking last night. Um, You know, the funny thing with this fight, man, that I think it could potentially be, but, you know, in, in general, when you look at it, you know, it's taken five years for this fight to finally culminate. And it, it, it's almost like it, this fight could be like the closing chapter of an era where it's kind of like boxing before and after this fight. Because I, I forgot who mentioned it. Like, we haven't had um, – I, I mean, we were, we were all born during, you know, Leonard Hagler. But, you know, we were obviously a lot younger. So, you know, this fight, in in a sense, is kind of like it could be – you know, and obviously with all the stock of guys that are going to be coming now, you know, through the years, uh, I mean, it's almost crazy. Like 10 years from now, who's to say would be like, or, or maybe 15 years from now, who's to say what will be the next super fight? So it, it's it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy how, you know, at, at some point, you know, I know people have the favorites and what have you, but like just for everybody, man, like just relish in the moment that, you know, 
this is the biggest fight any of us have really experienced in a real long time, man. So, like, in general, I'm excited, man. Like, I, I'm excited just, like, like leading to the fight. And then, obviously, just, like, st- I mean, I think Wednesdays when they start, like, really the, the whole press and the fight week. and Or it might be tomorrow, but tomorrow. it's just the anticipation. Yeah, like, the anticipation in general, man. And, like, it's just. The, the, the anxiety is going to be just, like, crazy. <laughs> like well, you, getting, you know what? Closer. And, you, and you're absolutely right. I think the energy to this, it's, like, leading up to the uh, Super Bowl on steroids. And I think, you know, yep. people haven't seen anything that they can call a phenomenon like this in a long, long time. You know? I mean, it's this a global like, event. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, when you talk about the event and, and doing this, I'm, I'm going to ask Coach, I know Coltrane or anybody here, why – has Bob not allowed – I know we talk about how Al Heyman has all this control, or we, or we think he does, and I really don't think so, but why has Bob not allowed Manny to do conference calls, to be interactive in the training, and tomorrow, from what I'm hearing, and I, I'm sure you guys heard it, he's not, like, going to make the grand entrance that people usually make to the ballroom, you know, to take the pictures and address the media press. Why is he – like shutting Mandy down from all those activities. That's strategic. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's coming from Bob. I know that Manny, his workouts have been open as opposed to Mayweather's have been closed. No, nah, so, he, he he no his his when they had the workouts open. So like the media day, you know, you have a media day. Like like you know the one thing was Man, Floyd came in two hours late, but he went through a whole like routine kind of giving like you know like normal people do give everybody what they wanted they said like manny was like his workout was like playing like basically like coloring like it was just like okay pity pay okay it wasn't like it was people complaining on social media about like wow i went all the way up here to cali for this like it wasn't what i expected then they had a conference call and you guys all know this last monday and bob was like okay like was one somebody that asked a question about sparring and he was like, all right, you know what, that's it. And he, like, shut the thing down, some craziness. And then this this week, which is tomorrow, which is today because it's almost 12, um, he's not allowing Manny to do a grand entrance. I'm just wondering what is the purpose? Like, when we talk about fans and people getting excited for what is the purpose in all that? Like, I don't right, think you Well, I can tell you, I can, I can explain last week. Last week, um, he still didn't get the, the document in the right agreement from um, the, the Heyman group to be able to sign the contract. So I know it was a lot of acrimony all the way up until last week because a lot of the promotion was already complete. They purposely left Aaron out of the promotion up until the last minute, even when the tickets were, were supposed to be set. Um, so it was a lot of shenanigans going on, and I think what you're seeing is just a lot of promoters, advisors, managers, sort of taking stabs at each other and jockeying for position. Yeah, but I you mean, know what? They all really, they're really doing is hurting the. All they're really doing is hurting the public. Like that's not that's not cool. When you, talk you know about what? That is your thing. That has happened historically. It just so happens that this fight is so amplified in terms of the reach that it has. That when is that now happen? you see, it has happened. It has happened numerous times. All so that, happened like, when someone has not done a grand for a big fight has not done a grand walking. Well, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the 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 grand the grand walking 
as far as you're, as far as that's concerned, I'm talking about the little posturing and the jockey for position and taking stats with each other. Just right now, stuff like this is being more amplified because of the magnitude of this fight and who it is that's fighting. But you always had uh, promoters. Oh, you're taking stats with each other. I just wonder why yeah. they would make – forget about that because, I mean, if you have a difference with someone, the per- the whole fight is for the public. So at the end of the day, when you know when you talk about Roberto, Roberto's like, yo, let's enjoy this on that topic. We can blame Al Heyman all we want. Why is not Bob, okay, this is his fighter. He he flat out shut that conference call down last week. I think we give well, him like, more of a pass. It's both promoters. And we're talking about Al Heyman as he's working in the capacity. Who is the promoter on the Mayweather side? Is it is it the money team? Like, who's the who's the Is it Oscar? Is it, is it Golden Boy? Who's no, the money team? TMT Mayweather Promotions is the promoter. Okay, so all right, so that means that means that that's a that's a face really for Al Heyman, right? And mm-hmm. so and so what what Ryder Dodd is explaining a lot of these. Well, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, well, I'm not going to have my guy show up for this. And if that's you want to do that, the public the public suffers. Like they, well, but they, they, they but suffer. no, the public. But but here's the thing: the public always suffered. The public's been suffering for six freaking years. Okay. The point is, we're no, here now, no, so why? So talk, why do that? We can't talk about that's, the eleventh hour stuff. That's corny, stuff. man. That's, because, that's corny, because man. Because the public's the, the, the public's I mean, been I, suffering. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I agree with Ride or Die as far as like it, they, you know, there should be involvement as far as Thank you know, impact. You. But, but, the, but, the, but the thing is, is like this clear, like to me, it would make a lot of sense. Like what you know what. What Big Mike's saying is like, because you got to remember too, like, look at the whole ordeal with like the tickets. And, and, and that, I mean, that was just like one thing. But, it, you know, the thing with Aram, I think, if you look, if you look down, you know the history, they, man, do, like. Do y'all know why they held the tickets like that? Do y'all know why? First of all, they held the tickets like that so they could flip them. And, and the second thing is, they held the tickets like that because they didn't want Aram to get his little grab up front. And by the time they did all their flips, they wanted to throw them to them. I mean, come on, it's both sides well, doing these well, no, things. Uh, well, right. I mean, that's the, the that's the thing. I think with Aram, I mean, if you look down through history, man, I mean, he's been uh, involved in some of the biggest fights in history, and and it's not, uh, it's never been a deal where he's played like uh, the low second fiddle. Because I mean, like, I, I forgot who I, I think I don't know if it was Ryder Dyer. Somebody was saying like, you know, he's had pretty much like yep. no immediate involvement in the promotions and if you look like through all of Pacquiao's fights you know it's always there I mean he was at the he was at the press conference and obviously he's the lead promoter for top rank but this is like a Mayweather promotions promoted fight as far as like how everything's being laid out so like Aram but 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 is that fair If, if you had a fighter and you were promoting a fighter would you want to be disrespected like that and cast out and and only be told at the last minute where things were going to be if you're supposed to be a co-promoter, is that is that a fair way I mean, to do business with somebody? Yes I mean, no? I think that's yeah. I mean, that's the I mean, that's the tough part. I mean, I, for me, I mean, I'm always somebody that tries to be diplomatic and fair, but like at, at the same time, it's like you know we got to look at at the notion that you know for this fight to be made, there had to be concessions made, and obviously, I, I I'm assuming it got to a point where Bob had to say like. All right, man. Like, have whatever you want. Let's just get the fight made. And then, you know, as that occurred, 
you know, you know, we just saw kind of things go through, like, fine, they, the, the fight was announced and what have you, but you, we saw just, you know, still bitching and complaining, like, oh, you know, this, hey, that, and you know what? Hey, the one thing that you guys also have to understand that this is uh, politics at its best. Like, you have yeah, a situation yeah, I mean, where all rivalries and all allegiances are coming, are coming back to the fold. And yeah. a lot of it, it has to do with the fact that boxing is something that traditionally is governed by entities. It's not governed by one single body. It's not a league. Right. And if, this, if we were talking about uh, the Super Bowl, and you're talking about two teams that are descendant champs from their own respective league, the AFC and the NFC, everything leading up to the Super Bowl, regarding, regardless of who may have the better record, who's the favorite, is still going to be governed by the league. The league is going to dictate who, how it gets promoted, who gets mandated to be wearing, who has to speak to whom, who, you know, who's walking on the field when. All of this stuff is mandated by the league. Same thing, same thing for the NBA and same, same thing for other sports. And I think the one thing about boxing that we'll never understand is, and why things like this will keep happening is because you have independent entities controlling the promotions. And it will always give way to people's personal feelings and it will always give, give way to posturing. And things like this will keep happening. They have happened in the past, but you're talking about bitter blood between two, between two entities. Bob has shown this day time and time again for Al Heyman. Oscar is sitting here chiming in, making comments, blaming Al Heyman, knowing that he has no horse in the race right now. You know, so no, no, he has a. I know, no, don't get it twisted. Golden Boy does have a horse in the race. The reason why they fight the MGM Grand is because of Golden Boy. So Golden Boy Golden is not Boy passing. Golden Boy isn't Floyd no, not with Golden, Golden Boy. Boy. Golden Boy. Yeah, okay. Check it out. They, have, they, may have, they may have Floyd, but he's taking shots at Al Heyman and Floyd's That's, company in regards okay. to why this looks like a, a, a third-rate promotional outfit doing, well, you know, last week, you know, when when the ticket situation was playing out. So he well, didn't you know why, himself. But because you know why they're doing it, because that, that's not for this fight. That's for the future. And they basically they're trying to make a case for everybody that's coming up in the boxing world is that Al Heyman and his boys are unprofessional. They don't run stuff right. The money team uh, promotional company is a joke, and it's really fun. It's really ran by Al Heyman, and and these guys can't promote well. But I don't please believe Oscar is not out of the money in this. And a lot of people keep thinking is this between um, the money team and um, and 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 Bob Arum, and that's not the case because it, it's being really it's being promoted between three three promotion companies, and the Golden Boy is the one that's facilitating the venue, and um, and a lot of that money, they're not getting a big part of it, but the question to, to what everybody should know is that this fight has so much buzz is the $300 million ex, uh, expectation in pay-per-view sales, would that, would that, is that enough, or would if they put this fight on network TV and sold ads, would they get more? That's the real question. And let everybody in the country or everybody in the world see it, and they could have made they could have made four hundred million dollars on ads. How much does the Super Bowl make? I mean, this was this was going to be something that's going to be watched probably six to seven times more than the Super Bowl, from what I'm hearing. And uh, and the fact that they took the three hundred dollar route, the ninety nine dollars a pop route, um, I don't know if that was the best business sense, in my opinion. 
R- Roberto, to answer the answer the question, the original question I had, because I had to answer, is that Bob Arum had a falling out with MGM because he was mad about Pacquiao and Tim Bradley rematch. That, I was going to ask, yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it shows you how Bob be on his period. So basically, Mayweather, <laughs> Mayweather had more advertisements up for the Marcus Madonna fight, and Bob was pissed, and Bob is taking his ball and saying, you know what, when all the fans are supposed to be at the – to, to do the grand arrival tomorrow at the MGM, we're going to go to Mandalay Bay, Mandalay Bay, and everybody can come over to see Manny Pacquiao. So there That's you really go. So there, there you there have you it. Go. And, and then one yeah. of the funniest things. So you, know, you, know you know what I feel like saying? The more It's like the commercial uh, Sui and I just talked about. It. You know like how they used to have those things like with G.I. Joe, the more you know, and, and the big star comes out with the rainbow. There you go. The more you know. Um, I did right. read something today. I don't know. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. I don't know if this is true, but like, does the MGM own Mandalay Bay? I don't know if anybody knows that or not. That's, That's the a same good company. It's the same apparent company, MGM Mandalay Bay, okay. and they bought even. I think they got Wynn's old um, hotels too. It's the same company. Because I was reading something like Aaron wanted to, I guess, I guess get out of the MGM and fight at one of the other hotels. But then I read like, well, oh, that's, that's in the works. They're trying to take the win out of MGM and uh, and 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 bring all of the biggest fights to to the Mandalay Bay in, in Las Vegas. A lot of people don't know that, but it's the same apparent company. Yeah, that would that's okay. Well. Uh, this is this has been great. I think one of the funniest comments I've seen all night is from guest twelve, logged yeah, in <laughs> and logged out of the chat. He said, Both Floyd and Manny will get destroyed by any average UFC fighter and logged, <laughs> logged out right after. I've been logged off. <laughs> so that's the type of stuff we gotta deal with on, on, on this level. But fellas, and, and he'll be watching the fight too. That's the funny part. Yeah, he will. So I appreciate all of the insight. I mean I think I think we, we serve we serve uh, the boxing community where a stellar breakdown, a very intelligent, very well thought out uh, assessment of how we feel these fights are going to go. Love the insight that you guys provided on the on the fights this past weekend with Saddam Ali and uh, Klitschko and Brian Jennings and any potential opponents for for either one of those guys. We also talked about that uh, we're going to we covered a little bit of the. the the 20, top 25 uh, fighters of all time that was just recently assembled by Yahoo Sports, Kevin I.O. So we're, we're going, that's going to be something in a future show that we're going to go in into, into detail and discuss at length. And um, we talked a little bit, but we'll, we'll give you guys a recap of the Ishii Smith fight and the Carlos Molina fight that will be happening on, on the 30th. And uh, you, next time we're, we're on here, we're going to be discussing – what transpired on the historic May second, two thousand and fifteen. Crazy to say that, man. <laughs> huh? Crazy to say that. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about that. So please stay tuned to all of our social media profiles. We're gonna be um dropping little nuggets here and there between now and fight time. We might actually post videos of us watching the fight on on, on Sunday or Saturday actually. It'll be Sunday somewhere on the on the west on the on the Eastern Hemisphere. So um, we'll be posting from our, our Instagram account, and please stay tuned. If, you, if you're not following us on Instagram, that's uh, 
Guard Your Grill Boxing, just like the name of the show on Instagram. We also have the hashtags GYGB, and we also have the hashtags Guard Your Grill Boxing. So make sure you stay you stay uh, checking those profiles for updates. Same thing for our Twitter account. And we haven't we haven't uh, broadcasted or put any videos on YouTube in a long time, but rest assured that it's coming. And we have one more time roll call for the guys on the phone. We have Sleep. We had Train, Big Mike, Roberta Flack, Mr. Soulful Roberta Flack. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> and um, my man, R.O.D., Rado Die, Full Throttle, and yours truly, D.O.X. And thank you for listening in. You guys have been great, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. And enjoy this fight. Any any any, any last parting shots, fellas? I uh, just said, yeah, enjoy the fight, fellas. I'll be in touch with y'all. <laughs> Cool, cool. All right, brother. So signing out, GYGB.